Hey, what's up? It's MJ. Want to snag a $100 Napa cab for $25? Wine Spies finds incredible wines at ridiculous prices. We're talking Zinfandel, Barolo, Champagne, you name it. Some of these wines are up to 75% off. It's not a club, so there's no obligation to buy. They even have a build a case option so you can mix and match wines and take advantage of free shipping on every purchase. Make sure you keep an eye out for their daily offer because once a wine sells out, there's no guarantee it'll be back. Go ahead and check them out. You'll even get a discount by going to winespies.com forward slash black wine guy. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is MJ, the Black Wine Guy, and welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is the one and only Andre Mack. Uh, Andre, despite having had a successful career with Citicorp Investment Services, decided to leave his desk job and pursue his passion for wine and become a sommelier in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, the recognition he got down there propelled him to new heights, uh, got him a gig at the French Laundry, Thomas Keller's world-renowned restaurant. <clears throat> I'm probably going to be hitting you up for um, like uh, some uh, what's it called reservations once <laughs> we can go back out. Um, and after that, he was head sommelier at uh, and wine director at Keller's Per Se in New York City. In 2007, he founded Maison Noir Wines. Uh, his winery is based in McMinnville, Oregon. He currently produces 60,000 cases annually, and it is pretty much distributed in. Uh, all 50 states and pretty much worldwide at this point. Um, this year, Maison Noir and Andre were a semi-finalist for a James Beard Award as an outstanding wine, spirits, or beer producer. And in 2014, <clears throat> Andre authored and designed Small Time Cooks, which mm -hmm. is the world's first culinary coloring and activity book. And most recently... Mac wrote his part memoir and part wine guide, 99 Bottles, A Black Sheep's Guide to Life-Changing Wines, which was released on October 22nd, 2019. Uh, he and his wife, Phoebe, also started And Sons, well, started And Sons Hospitality Group, which includes And Sons Ham Bar, And Sons Buttery, <laughs> and uh, their boutique wine store, Vine Yard. Welcome Andre, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yay, yay. All right, that's what's up. <laughs> so um, if you've been following the show, um, Andre and I connected da, 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 Instagram. <clears throat> so like I said, Instagram's working for me. Um, <laughs> it is. You know, <laughs> but, you know, I think, um, you know, I think part of that, like we said in, in, in Before the Poor, if you might hear, is like, like you know, um, I think uh, I know enough to catch people's attention. Like, okay, I'll sit down and, 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 and hook up with this guy. So thank you very much for being here. You're this welcome. is super special to have my first black male guest on the Black Wine Guy Experience. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, and we're going to get into that. So um, tell us about the wine you, you brought to share today. 
Um, I bought a little old school California, so it's a little Kenwood. Um, it has a kind of a special place in, in my heart. It was one of the first bottles of wine that I opened uh, on a restaurant floor. Um, it was slightly disastrous, uh, <laughs> and I carried that cork around in my pocket for two years, even when I was on the floor at the French Laundry. Um, just a just a, a subtle reminder that you know that you know that I got to push harder each day. But uh, this is uh, Artist Series from Kenwood. This is uh, 1989 Cabernet. This is something that we typically sell at the Ann Sons Ham Bar here in Brooklyn. Okay, is that um, did Joel Peterson who made that wine? Is that Joel Peterson wine? It's Joel Peterson wine. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Joel Peterson is an iconic California winemaker, <laughs> known go. for his work um, with uh, Zinfandel, especially. He did all the Ravenswood mm -hmm. single vineyard stuff. Um, he has a new uh, label called Once and Again, and his son Morgan Twain Peterson is a master wine and, yep. and uh, has Bedrock. Yep. And they're all about uh, heritage vines and uh, heritage vineyards and preserving California's heritage. Um, I love California wine, so thank you for bringing this 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 uh, thank you. Stuff no, you're welcome. Yeah. No, I, for me, you know, this I, these always felt like they were collectible at some point. You know, where I first started, you know, I started in steakhouses, which is you know California centric. Yeah. Uh, and then when you go to the you know you go to the French Laundry, you're like, oh, okay, there's great California wine, like you know, like shit you never heard of. Like right. I, I showed up and they were like. Peter Michael, and I'm looking at him, I'm like, shit, 350, 450, <laughs> you know, 700, 800. You're like, oh, shit, what is, what is this? Yeah. You know, and it's just like another level, right? right. And uh, so it was just always interesting to me that, um, you know, these weren't, to me, they weren't the most collectible wines on, on the higher level, but like, to me, they still needed to be appreciated. And if they were around, which they are, <laughs> I think, you know, California, old vintage California represents, you know, some of the best value wine in, in the world at this point. Oh, definitely, and and like because it's around, right? Because it's <laughs> around. So many of these bottles. We had uh, Amanda McCrossin, who was the psalm mm -hmm. at Press, and um, obviously you worked out there. So you know they have this huge California yeah. collection. She was saying how they were just snatching up, you know, Rieslings back to the seventies, yeah. and you know, old Stony Hill shards. Like people don't realize, like, mm -hmm. and and I mean, and even at like a hundred bucks a bottle now, if it was that and whatever yeah. it is. It doesn't. I mean, you, when you look at what it costs to pick up Bordeaux at auction. It's, oh yeah, you know, no, totally. You, yeah, you know, and 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 these are wines like you said. You know, when you think about the Judgment of Paris, these these wines were built to last. They're built to go the yeah, long haul. Absolutely. People, I mean, I know, I love California wines because they're popping poor. You know, yeah. you can you can just decant it if it's young. Huh? But people don't realize those wines at you know at this level they were designed mm -hmm. to 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 last fifty. They they were trying to make them last. Yeah, fifty. No, so, totally. You know, so that's what's up. Um, so, man, this is really cool. I want to your, your story is so interesting. I know you've, you've been on a shit ton of podcasts. No, it's and, all good, man. Yeah, but <clears throat> whatever you um, want to ask. Yeah, <laughs> but I want. So I'm just kind of so background. So um, San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so first of all, you work in a city court. What are you doing at city court? Um, so I um, I had watched too many. I had watched Barbarians at the Gate so many times. <laughs> And I was like, dude, I, I need to be in part of this thing. But, you know, I knew that, you know, I, I was like, oh, man, I didn't go to an Ivy League school, blah, 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 this, this and that. So um, a friend of mine uh, got a job at City Corp, um, and he was like, hey, if you come, if, when you come over here, you should come over here, and they, you can take your Series 7 and 63, like, become a lock, license, license lock broker, and you sign no contract. So they don't even lock you up. Wow. And I was like, huh? But so you would go. So I had to do like five, like it was like five months banking on the banking side. So I sat there and like just listened to people 
you know, tell her. You know, people are like, hey, I thought I had 30 bucks in the account. You know, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is before they invented, like, $10 ATMs, right? You know, so <laughs> – but I think Citibank decided it was a great idea to put a phone next to every single ATM. Mm -hmm. And so when you would pick that phone up, it would ring in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And that's where I first started. And then after five five months, I moved to the other side, passed the test, and then they changed the rules and said that I had to, I had to stay for a year. Mm. So we – there wasn't – they, we weren't a licensed brokerage firm in that sense. We didn't give advice. We just worked with high net worth uh, individuals. So anybody over three hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. But it was like a, it was kind of like a sham. Like you didn't do shit. Like you just you worked on your short golf game, right? And then you, when you came on the team, you had to buy like this remote control car. Like you would like, like so they'd give you a catalog and you had to pick out your car, and then we just raced them around the cubicles. I mean, we didn't do anything. Damn. And then the phone would just, and then the phone would ring, and it was like twenty four hours. You could work as much as you wanted. It was like a gym, it was a cafeteria. <laughs> I mean, it was just like you just you just kind of hung out, like you would just sit there. So, are you from Texas originally? No, um, I'm from New Jersey. I'm from Trenton, New Jersey. Oh, man, yeah. Trenton makes the world takes. You know it, baby. <clears throat> oh man, this is dope. Yeah. Not only is he a black <laughs> wine guy, he's also from Jersey like me. Yeah, no, I'm Where, from did, Trenton, New Jersey. Did you go to uh, Trenton Central, or you went? Uh, no, so I didn't go to any of those. I spent the first 15 summers of my life in New Jersey. So okay. my mom had me when she was 16, oh, damn. and then turned down a, uh, a full ride to Purdue. To have me, yeah. <laughs> right? To not abort me, right? Like, so I could be here, and um, and then went into the military, okay. and then left, and, and you know I stayed with my aunt, and then she came back after basic training, and then she loved Texas, okay, like she just loved it, yeah. And so we moved to Texas, and then we moved to Germany, we moved to Europe, and then we were there, and then we came back, you know. So Got I kind of yeah. lived all over, but okay. my, I spent a lot of time in Texas, but every single summer, you were in Trenton. I, I went to Trenton, so it was you know a source of independence for me yep, yep right yep. yeah so nice. i lived in germany i got on a plane by myself and flew to trenton nice yeah nice nice okay wow see that's cool man and see that when once you start uncovering people's backstory you're like okay like because you you've done you're you've, you're so accomplished and and not for the sake of being accomplished i think okay. you're just a worker like, yeah, yeah, you, like, yeah. you, like you said you like to build stuff yeah yeah so it's 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 uh it's, it's coming together in my head you know um <clears throat> so um, you're at City Corp. You're mm -hmm. racing cars around the yeah, cubicles. Yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of cush, but like you realize that like, all right, like this was this bigger and better thing that I was supposed to be going on to. Like yeah. the whole time I, you know, I worked at shitty restaurants like Red Lobster, you know. And it was like, okay, this is the new thing, right? You know, I'm not wearing jeans anymore. Yeah, like, like I'm a grown up now. Right. And you know, I leave, and you just you're just like, oh man, it would just be sad. You're like, dude, this is it. This is what my life is supposed to look like. This is this is the culmination of all that shit I just went through. And you're like, ah, nah, you know, I'm not feeling this. And um, lo and behold, <laughs> like, uh, Travelers Group bought Citibank. Okay. Right? And it was like, okay. Um, they already had Solomon Smith Barney, so they were like, okay, you can't. You're like, so what do you want to do? We're going to go ahead and, uh, what did he say? Oh, we're going to lay people off. Oh, okay. and, he said, <laughs> and I said, okay, so I'm not getting fired. They're like, no. I said, but you're going to pay me. I was like, you're going to pay me? So yeah, I took a severance package first time ever in my life i didn't even know what the word was i was like wait a minute and then um and yeah and i, and I left and i just kind of spent some time laying on the sofa you know watching tv eating cookie crisp <laughs> yeah eating cookie crisp and then this show would come on it would be back to back to back episodes of the show called frazier yeah and it was from watching that show 
I just think like at certain points in your life, you're like, um, you know what? My life's not going the way that I'd like it to go. And then you see somebody on TV, they're having fun, and you're like, I maybe I should have wine in my life. Yeah. Right? Maybe I should have wine in my life. Like they're having a great time. But that show really gave me the courage for the first time to work, walk into a wine shop. Um, and then that was it. Wow. That's so funny because I, I, I'd heard you mention that somewhere uh-huh. years ago. So I watched some, uh, <clears throat> I YouTube some uh, uh-huh. Fraser clips before yeah. I came on, <laughs> and there's there's a one where <clears throat> he wants to become the cork master. Yeah, I was yeah. the cork master, <laughs> yep. and um, and it's so funny because I was watching that scene this morning, and uh, you look at the scene, and at first there's one black guy in the scene, <laughs> and then it turns out there's two black guys in the scene, <laughs> yeah. but it's but but it's so funny because um, I used to watch that show too uh-huh. uh, late at night. Mm-hmm. Um, Drinking, mm-hmm. probably smoking, probably smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, just late mm-hmm. at night watching, and and back then, it didn't really dawn on me like like it didn't like how it caught your attention of like oh, I need wine in my life, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but as those those wine scenes are very funny. They're great, they're great. You know, and uh, we went back, and my wife kind of didn't grow up grew up without popular culture, and so we went back and watched all you know twelve seasons. You know, it was something that we just did. You yep. know, it's like oh hey. Kids are asleep. You want to watch an episode? You know what I mean? Yeah. Not catch an episode. <laughs> watch, <laughs> watch an episode. episode. Yeah. 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 We caught too many episodes. That's why we have four kids. But anyways, <laughs> the idea was like, so we would watch this thing, and it, and it was just like really great. And so we've uh, we've hired an intern. So we have an intern that's basically going back and trying to like document you know, everything said about wine in the show. Oh, that's so cool. Just to kind of just yeah. like to have it and like to see it and yeah. kind of pick it apart a little bit. But yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah. It was really great. It just, it, you know, it was just the camaraderie that they had around around alcohol. Yeah. But, you know, like like for the first episode, he comes over and he says, hey, he says, would you like a scotch? And he's like, no, you have any sherry? He goes, ah, yes, sherry. Right. And then from the rest of the show, yeah. when he pops over, he goes, hey, fancy a sherry. And it was this whole thing. My mom, saw, my mom was like, what are you doing? It's like you're 27 years old, you're drinking sherry, and you're dressing like a white guy. What's, what's happening with you? Like, she said, an old white guy is what she said. And you're, you're like, okay. All right, I, I see what you're saying, mom. Yeah, yeah. sounds like some shit my mom was saying. <laughs> yeah. um, that's so funny. Yeah, and there was another one. I, I, you got you to put that together. There was another one. Where um, uh, Fraser's uh, afraid of dying, uh-huh. so he's like calls him over and he's giving him instructions, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I feel better." He's like, uh, "Oh, let, let's celebrate." And he goes, "He goes, we'll have a seventy-five Chateau Chateau <laughs> uh, uh, de May." Uh-huh. And Niles goes, oh, "No, no, no, that's that's too that's too good for us." <laughs> Meanwhile, before he told him to put a sticker on anything they want, so Fraser <laughs> goes another bottle. Why he picks it up, put a sticker on it. <laughs> Yeah, they were just great. It was just, it was great. And I think, you know, um, the, the, one of the producers of the show was a real onophile. And I think Clearly. He, he was the one that put a lot of that stuff in. Yeah. And then it was David Hyde Pierce who really kind of ran with the wine guy yeah. persona, right? Because right, right. the first audio book I ever got was Wines for Dummy that was read by him. Oh, see, I have. On, on see, the tape. See, I have. See, this is you're the second person. Um, that was my book. That got that. Um, so first, it's the best book. It's the best book. People don't get. That's just the best book. Everything you need to know about wine is in that book. Correct. But we're offended. Right now, we're offended because somehow they're calling us dummies. Well, like, you know what right. I mean? Like, I know. I know. Somebody's <laughs> offended by the I know. I know. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, totally. And yeah. uh, that's so true. <laughs> like Chappelle said, I'm sorry, Lauren. I thought we were doing comedy. Like, yeah. I yeah. Mean, totally. I mean, like you know, I mean, 
um, lighten up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then and just because we're on this, because I love you, love the power. And then the last one was uh, Roz was dating somebody or something, and they're like mm -hmm. they're trying to find a way to declare her incompetent. <laughs> and everybody's he's like, well, has she ever uh, acted um, uh, irrational? And he's like. Well, one time she uh, yelled at the vending machine because a because <laughs> a, a Twinkie came out the yodel slot. He's <laughs> like, okay. He's like, uh, has she ever uh, experienced any delusions? He goes, well. Frazier goes, well, she thinks she's responsible for the success of the show. <laughs> He's like, building, building, and then lastly he goes, he goes, he says, has she ever shown poor judgment? She ordered a bottle of white Zinfandel. He's like, my God, go get her. You can see. So it was just, I mean, they just hit they everything great. on there. Yeah, they were characters of themselves. And I felt like they really disarmed the wine industry for me in a way, right? right? You know, the greatest foil to pretension is, is through humor. It's humor. Absolutely. And, you know, I always felt that if I could watch that show, I could arm myself with some comedic antidotes, right? You yeah. know, but, and it was true. Like, you know, you walk into the wine shop. And you're like waiting in line. You get like a little plastic cup, and they pour you something. And I was like, okay, no one's no one said anything to me. No one said. To me. And I turn around, and there was like somebody standing in front of me. Goes, like, how's the wine? I'm like, oh shit, um, <laughs> uh, you know. And I felt on the spot, and I, all I could remember was like, well, it's no Chateau de Kim. And then <laughs> they all started laughing. And, and 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 at that point, I didn't know Chateau de Kim was white. <laughs> I didn't know it was uh, sweet. I didn't know that it was so expensive that no one would it ever just, pour it. It just sounded dope. Yeah. Well, that's you know, I heard yeah, it somewhere. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like. Everybody started laughing. I was like, Whew. and you know, then I was off. That's so know? cool. So that you know, that show was really, you know, was really inspirational for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you get off the couch. You're, yes, you're dressing like an old white man. Yep. You're drinking sherry in the middle of the day. Yep. Um, <laughs> so where did you? Where was your first um, real restaurant job? Like, I mean, even the steakhouse. He's mentioned steakhouses. Yeah. Like. No. No. Totally. So you know, I worked. Um, you know, I worked at, you know, Red Lobster and all that kind of stuff, like, all throughout going to school. But afterwards, I, I got a job at a steakhouse. It was the Palm Steakhouse. They were opening okay. one in um, in San Antonio. And I had some experience. Um, I ate at the Palm. went to a party at the Palm in Houston, Texas. I was – when I get bored, I, I want to do something. So I live – I live by this uh, the San Antonio Polo Club, so I'd I would hang out over there watching them. Anyways, I end up hanging with those guys, and we went to the Palm Restaurant, and I remember them just ordering bottle after bottle. And when I looked at it on the list, I was like, "This is seven hundred dollars <laughs> a bottle." You know, you're like trying to count all the bottles. Mm -hmm. First thing you grab a glass. You yep, know, you yep, didn't yep. even care if it was yours. You right, start, right, right, exactly. You start drinking exactly. out. Exactly. And so I was like, okay. And then uh, I was looking because this is how long ago I was looking in the classifieds. And, you know, and it was like, here's this, it says palm. Paper. Yeah, it says the palm. You know, I can see the logo. I was like, oh, they're opening one of those here? I was like, and they drink $700 bottles of wine. I'm, I'm going to go work there. And, uh, yeah, so I, I applied for a job there. And, and that's kind of, you know, where I, where I stuck. You know, I, I worked for the palm for a long time. And then I worked at a steakhouse that opened right next door. And that, they gave me my first sommelier gig. And then the rest is kind of history. I went from, like, steakhouse to steakhouse to French Laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that worked. I went from like no, I had no, no fine dining experience. I I love that because so so are you, I mean, there's all this, there's gaps, right? There's, well, no, it's not in the gaps, but like I think about like so there's this the the whole quartermaster Somalis. Like, are you like did you t do any formal yeah air quote trainings? 
Yeah, I mean, when you do the first level, I don't think that there's any really training, right? Like you study on your own, you show up to a seminar, and then you sit there, you write down all the stuff that you don't know, and then you take a test. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it was just always about the test. Like I'm studying, and I feel like I'm studying harder than anybody else I know. And how do I even know that I know this stuff, right? Nobody's walking into the palm asking for Sancerre, right? Right. You know what I mean? But like like in New York, they would be, right? You know, like in in different settings. And so... That's what the test was. I took the first level of everything, and that was it. Okay, I so, love that. Yeah, I love that because I think because uh, you know I don't have that formal training because mm-hmm. I left the business. But back when I was in the business in the late '90s and early '00s, you know, I worked in New York City. I mm-hmm. worked at Acker, so mm-hmm. I worked at a great store. So I had the same experience. You hanging around these rich dudes who like we we were doing auctions. You go to pre auction taste, and there's like every. Yeah. bottle in the world open yeah. you know yeah. you're having like 82 bordeaux and mm-hmm. drc and mm-hmm. you know you know crazy rieslings and and and, and like i said the peter mike and all the cult wines yeah, you know yeah. and like and 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 literally you know you, you we, we would do these dinners like we did a dinner one time it was like 12 of our best clients and we mm-hmm. went to some restaurant mobbed up restaurant i'm sure <laughs> out in brooklyn somewhere <laughs> they had clothes just for us and yeah. we're in the basement and we had like it was ridiculous wines, like yeah. you know, all this vintage of Gaia and mm-hmm. and, ju- and just you know and, and fucking white Burgundy and, and and like Krug and you know and everything, just everything. And you're just sitting there, and then and then you know, of course, vintage port back to like you know, wherever the twenties, uh-huh. and, and then and then fucking Grappa, you know, yeah. and and. and and you're you're right. You're at these tastes, and you're like, oh, well, he didn't finish his he didn't finish his, <laughs> his screaming eagle. He didn't finish his eighty two Chevron. You know? Um, uh, no, I I totally get it. But I think I think I had a similar thing. Like, you know, humor and knowing enough and having personality. Because so, I think a lot of people and I just like you know, like a lot of people. It seems are too reliant on advancing in levels and and, and understanding that. Um, it's more than just your knowledge to be in the hospitality business. Correct. Correct. No, and I think that like accreditations, like, you know, people hang their hats on that. And, you know, you see, you definitely saw that um, with the court after Psalm came out um, where people would, you know, felt that they needed, that they needed to put advanced sommelier. That's not the world that I live in. So I really don't speak upon it anymore. Right. In in that sense, it's just like, I get it. Like people do things, people run a marathon just because they want to see if they can do it. Right. Right. Some people, some people get paid to run the marathon, right? right? You know, some people understand if they win the marathon that it comes with a with a, a windfall of riches or whatever. Absolutely, and I think that exists within those levels as well. You know, some people do it because they say they want to do it, and it's an accomplishment. You know, some people, you know, they never went to college, right. and this is, you know, this is their right, degree. Right, right, yeah. So I, I, I understand that that whole wanting to conform, but also I realize that like, if you feel like you that you need this thing to write your own ticket. You can't write your own ticket. You got to know that you can write your own ticket before you don't before you do something like that. You're not, it's not gonna you're, it's not gonna help you write your own ticket. You got to believe that you can write your own ticket before that. Absolutely. And um, and you know that was it for me. I moved to New York and it was just kind of like, you know, I had dinner with a really close friend now, but was very new. And he, he said, you know, he was asking me about what do you want to do, and he just said, you you need they need you more than you need them. Right. He's like right. like all of them. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be here. That's mm-hmm. why it makes your story so much more compelling. Mm-hmm. And so what do you want to do? And so it was just interesting for me. I just felt like, you know, five years to pass a test or five years to build a multi-million dollar business. I can't give initials to my kids. And so that was just that was just me. That's my one way of it. But like, also I get like, you know, everybody wants to be Raj Parr. Raj is an amazing individual, but 
he traded in actually going to these places and knowing the producers and becoming familiar with them. It didn't. It had less to do about credentials or or, or uh, uh, inside of a classroom studying or flashcards kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, like I said, there's room for everybody. But like for me, that just doesn't. It just wasn't in my path. Yeah. And I think you know maybe more so now like people rely heavy on that. They're like, well, we're only looking for advanced sommeliers. Or we're only looking for that. You know, like I mean. I get that. I mean, I think you, anybody can be taught anything. And then, and then if you have talent, you have talent. Right. Yeah, I, I agree um, 100% with everything you said. I mean, if you, if, you know, um, education is not a panacea. Okay. Degrees are not a panacea. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I have a law degree and don't use it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, and in fact, it can hold you back because um, you think, you think you have to do something because you have this piece of paper versus what do you want to do and what can you do? And you, you, you so spot on when it's like, I, I was telling, oh, when Dustin Wilson was on, I was saying, you know, people need to understand, like you said, there's levels to this game, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 you know, you may only be a triple A ball player. Correct. You know, you, 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 and, and that's just, just the way God worked out with you. You know Correct. what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but don't think just because you have the paper, you know, you did this, you're gonna you're gonna ascend to a certain level. Um, guy, I, what I can see in you and Doug, like you work really hard, like you like you <laughs> said, like, like you said, you know, I, I could spend five years uh, chasing a piece of paper or five years building a, a multi million dollar uh, empire, right? Yep. And, and um, you know, and that's uh, my last guest, same thing. Uh, Jordan, she mm-hmm. she you know she was she, she was like you know Robert told her, he's like what are you doing? You, you want to pour more in this organization or? Go start your own company. You want to start, you know, and, you know, I think that's what's up. And it's I, real deal. And I, this is what I think what's interesting about the newer sommeliers. It's about entrepreneurship. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But I think before you were like, hey, I got a, I got a good job. You know, I'm in a good job. Maybe I got MS behind my name. I'm making a little six figures. I'm home at, for dinner by seven. You know, I still get to go on trips. But, you know, but you work for a company that you never bought wine from, right? You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Because the only people who can afford to do that were the big guys. And you're like, no, I'm not working. You know, that kind of thing. No, you know? I know. Next thing you know, you're like, you know, telling me Bonterra is like the best Pinot Grigio. You're like, bro. I know, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't drink the Kool-Aid. I know you're, you've got to feed your family, but you can, you can save that shit. Right. right. You know, so like I, so, but I understand that. But I think what's interesting now is that, is that everybody seems a little bit more entrepreneur. It's like, how can I own something? How can I, how can I do this? And I, I, for me, it was always about entrepreneurship. I felt like I always knew I wanted to own something. I just didn't know what, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think most of life is like trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing because once I figure that out, I'm going to do it like nobody's business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've been talking about this the past couple episodes. I've been re- I've read uh, Matthew McConaughey's book. It's called oh, Green Lights. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a good out, yeah. yeah, it's a good book. And he talks about he talks about what you said. He said it's just like um, <laughs> don't. His father told him like you know McConaughey was really smart. He went to UT, mm-hmm. 3.8 honors, was going to go to law school, and then he mm-hmm. pivoted and wanted and decided to go to film school. And, and when he told his father, his father said, "All right, don't half ass it." Mm-hmm. You know, so he didn't half-ass, you know, being an actor. And that's the thing is, like, don't half-ass it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but also you got to know what you're good at, too. I think people, you're fortunate that you found something you're good at and then you're just determined to be the best at it. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, you're like okay, I'm going to play at this level. I'm going to play all-star level, you right. know? Um, but, you know, I mean, it helps, but when you've had that experience before in life. You know, I played basketball. It was good. Yeah. I played with Shaq. You know, it was good. Yeah. Um, but I realized that, like, what sucks most in life is, like, 
being the guy that had potential. Everybody oh talked about you having potential to be great. And then listening to all that and realizing that, you know, I worked hard, but I didn't work hard enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, so that that those opportunities had come and gone. And so now I'm like 22 and you're saying, well, shit, you know what? If I'm ever good at something again, I'm never letting go. Right. Right. I'm choking the life out of it. Right. And, you know, so then it, now then it was like then it was like the quest and it was like, OK, so I'm like hanging out. OK, so. You know, maybe I'm maybe I want to play chess. You know, so I was trying. I was playing tennis, playing chess. I was riding horses, like all kinds, of, like just doing stuff. Like I was like going all in. And then you know, suddenly the, this wine thing came in. It only came from like at, after I got the job at at the steakhouse, and you know, I was doing training. We're tasting the wines. It's the first night, and they line up like five different white wines, and I was like. I knew they were different before, right? You know what I mean? I knew they were all different. But you're like, you're like, yeah. I'm like, how, you know what I mean? You're yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. different? Well, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, come on, it's wine. Yeah, 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 right? It's grapes. Yep. And then, and then I, you know, I tasted the first wine, and then I tasted the second wine and went back to the first wine, and I was like, right. I got to do this shit. This shit is crazy. And like, were they all the same varietal? Just, or, no, or, no, or, right, no. So, so, like, so it was, uh, it was um, Sauvignon Blanc, Riesling, Chardonnay, um, and there was like a Viognier, and there was like one other white. And so they had, had them all lined up. And like, I mean, even to this day, most people don't drink wine or taste wine or experience wine in that way. And I always, right. to me, it's always the best way. When I try to do a tasting, it's always with two different, two wines, maybe the same color. That way you can like vacillate between both of them and right. really kind of figure out you, you, it's easier to see the differences. Right, right. Right, because if the closest most people ever come is like, all right, so finish that up, I'm going to pour you some more. Right. Or something else. Yep. And so you have the little bit left, and then now you have the new wine, but you can't keep going back and forth. And that felt like it just blew my mind. And then as you started to dig deeper, it was history, it was science, biology. It was like all of these things kind of wrapped up in this, in this beverage. And the fact that like you can read about it all day long. Until you fell asleep. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. But, you know, but like, and then you could buy a wine from that place and be excited. Like somehow you were transported there. It just, it just clicked. And I was like, I want to, I want to know more about this. I, I want to do this. And, and then, you know, and then you start tasting. You're like, okay, well, I'm not a good, I'm not a gifted taster, right? <laughs> but I'm going to be book smart as hell. So, you know, I, I concentrated on the books. But then you started to realize, you know, once I put together my first wine program, it, it, it's a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, you just realize that, like, you just continue to taste. Like, there's people that are talented. Raj Parr is talented. He's a talented taster. Um, but I knew I, was, I didn't have that talent. But mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to work really hard. And, that, and, and it, you started to realize it was a skill. Yep. Like, you, can, you could get better at it, it the more you did it. And that was the most amazing, amazing thing for me. And that, you know, I would say that changed my interests, you know, not necessarily changed my life, but it was, you know, it gave me something to focus all of my angst and attention on because, you know, I didn't want to be the guy with potential. And then you started to be, right? Like now you were good at wine. All your peers knew you were. You were the guy that like could go somewhere. Right. It's the same story. And yep. then just, you know, just continue to push. So I did go somewhere. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Quick, uh, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah. I was out of there. So, so, um, did Thomas Keller call you? Did you, did you, did you no, just... it's a it's a inter- it's a cool, interesting story. Like you, in, it's always like in hindsight you can connect the dots mm-hmm. and you can see, wow, if I didn't if I didn't get out of that car, like, like, I would probably still be <laughs> in San Antonio. Um, I um, I did like this um, 
So always on the quest to figure out if I know this stuff, and I felt like competitions were another way to do it. Mm -hmm. So you had went through the first level of, of pretty much every single organization that existed at the time, and then you, and then now I said, oh wait a minute, this is a competition. I said, okay, let me let me let me see what's going on with this, and um, and so the regional finals were um, so it was ten states was in Houston, and um, I remember being at work. So now I'm working at this place called Bohannon's. Bohannon's is, is still there, but it had just opened. And, um, yeah, I was like, I mean, it was like the first employee, like I was in the television commercial. I was like talking and shit. It was all kind of, oh, it was really funny. And, um, and so it was my first wine program job. And, um, there's a wine enthusiast magazine that comes to the restaurant and, uh, it, you know, it says wine list confidential on it. And so I'm reading the article and it's just talking about the wine list. And I was so inspired by it that I just picked up the phone and I called every single person that was in it. It was three people featured. Mm -hmm. um, it was a woman named Virginia Phillips who actually used to be in San Antonio. was now in Florida. She was a master. I called her. She didn't pick up. I called Charlie Trotters, um, asked to speak to the wine director. He, he picked up the phone. I talked to him and I said, you know, I'd love to come in and work for free. And he's like, okay. So we set that up. It was great. It was easy. And then I called this guy in Houston, Texas, a guy named Paul Roberts, and he had just become a master sommelier, the only master sommelier in the state. And I called, and I left a message. And I didn't say what I wanted. I just left a message. So we played phone tag. Mm -hmm. And then finally, after, like, I left a message saying what I want. Hey, I'm going to be up in town. I was wondering if I can come hang out on the floor with you. Um, he never wrote me back. <laughs> he never <laughs> called me back. And, um, and then it was a mutual, like, sales rep that knew him. And he's like, you know, let me see what I can do. And he's like... He said, Paul, I got like this kid, man. He's like, you know, he's just, he just wants to hang out with you on the floor. Yeah, you were about to say, fuck him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, I probably did say fuck yeah, him. I'm sure you did. And I, I was like, like move, uh, move, moving on. And, uh, and, and my friend, he, he, like the night before, he's like, okay, show up at the back door at 4.30 tomorrow. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> okay, cool. And so my girlfriend is like dropping me off and I'm like, fuck, dude, I don't want to go in there. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, cold feet. It's like, I'm going to go to the gallery with you and go shopping. You know what I mean? You know, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And then I was like, no, I'm going to go in here. And I opened the door and like that was a moment that changed my life. And so I go up and here's this guy running around. He's like, okay, hey, here's the wine list we're going to be working with tonight. And I was sitting in like this boardroom thing mm -hmm. and there were wine lists wrapped in saran wrap that felt, filled the whole table. It was like a 10-foot table. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then I remember he, we get off the phone. We're walking down the stairs to go get an uh, espresso. And he says, he says, yeah, you know, it's been a little hectic around here. He goes, so this was, a, this was the Thursday. He says, on Monday, I accepted the job to be the wine director for all of Thomas Keller's property. Mm. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, hey, all right. Well, thank wow. you. You were busy. Maybe that's the reason why you didn't call me back. Wow. And so we walk down the stairs. We start talking. I tell him my story. And then, you know, Josh Reynolds shows up, who was the national sales director at that time uh, for Rosenthal. Okay. And so we just sit there. And next thing you know, we, like... Paul makes us margaritas, right? I think he was on his way out. We're drinking margaritas out of out of burgundy glasses, right? With ice, and it was amazing. And we're sitting there just talking, talking, talking. And then he's like, he's like, okay, all right. Now we're getting ready for service. We move the margaritas to the back, and then we just then he's like, all right, it's time to hit the floor. And we just started working the floor, and it was like we had worked together before, mm. you know. He, mm -hmm, so he mm -hmm, was. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I got that tip, you know, just yep. like non-verbal. I, I got that one. Mm -hmm. You get that one. And then he was like, hey man, you know, he's like, you got any uh, Conterno on your list? I go, yeah. He goes, which one? I go, Aldo Grand Brucier. <laughs> he's like, what vintage? I go, ninety-seven. <laughs> you know. So it was this thing of him filling it, filling me out. And right. um, you know, at the end, he's just like, hey, 
you know, I have to hire six sommeliers. Do you want to come to the French Laundry? <laughs> and I was like, shut the fuck up. Fuck yeah. And, uh, and then he said, hey, so what does your girlfriend do? I said, oh, you know, she's, she works at the bakery at the Central Market. She goes, you know, Thomas just opened up a bakery. <laughs> and, and so it was a combination of that. And then I went and did this competition. And then the guy who was kind of giving away his crown, he, uh, he also worked at the French Laundry. <laughs> and he was like, I remember afterwards, we were like all like hanging out on the beach. And he's like, hey, you know what, man, you should really – Pursue the if you want to work at the French line, you should really pursue it. You know, it's like, and so he said, I can have, I can push for you from my side, and um, and that was it. Paul called me and he's like, Hey, we'd love for you to come out, and so I came out and interviewed, and um, yeah, I remember sitting the, across the the picnic bench from Thomas, and he's like, Yeah, so I've been hearing all this really great stuff about San Antonio. Why do you want to come here? And I was like. Is this a joke? What do you think? Are you crazy? <laughs> Why would you mean when I want to come here? Fucking and, Napa Valley. And it was funny. And then I was like, I, you know, I said, you know, I need, I need discipline. Like, I feel like, you know, in most places, there's only one or two people that actually care about the work that they're doing. Wow. Um, and I need somebody there to like, you know, to help me out when I, you know, when I got to take off the cape, I can't wear the cape today. I need somebody else to push me. And he was like, discipline? He goes, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> And then that was it. I went back to San Antonio and, you know, I guess a couple of weeks later, Paul called me and he was like, all right, you got it. And he's like, how soon can you get here? And I was like doing the math. I was like, uh, about four weeks, five weeks. And he's like, I, I think I gave him a date. And he's like, okay, mm. now I'm not talking to you as your boss. I'm talking to you as your friend. You need to get here as soon as you can. I said, <laughs> I'll be here in a week. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I put all my stuff in storage. and um, But it was a great opportunity. You know, and I think like you – opportunities present themselves and you either rise to the occasion or you don't. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think like, you know, the planning and all that kind of stuff is, is great being prepared. Right. Um, but the, but the idea is, is it was just there. I mean, I didn't have money for suits. Like I was selling all my stuff. My mom bought all my stuff from me. Right. Right. And then bought me some suits yeah. and, then, yeah. and then, and then I drove across the country. How, how old were you then? Uh, I think it was, 29 okay yeah. okay okay and so like so that's just like people got to get like there's so many synchronicities in life there's a couple things like oprah what does oprah say luck is when opportunity meets preparation yeah you know and but but just like like you said like it's like that story where like the young black teens in the car and he stays in the car and <laughs> yeah, his yeah, friend yeah. buck 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 yeah, somebody yeah, yeah, in jail he didn't yeah, get out the car yeah. or he gets out the car like yep. you're like you're like no let's just go to the food court <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go to the food court and hang out yeah, hang out give me an orange Julius <laughs> exactly <laughs> they want me to come in the back door it's two thousand send a black man in the back door I mean could have yeah. your mind could have went so many places no totally but you know it's like you know you you have to you have to turn over those rocks yeah. and um, and just by showing up, you know, I was definitely prepared. I felt like he was asking me stuff. I was on point, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and um, it was just great. And then I won the competition. I the regional final. I came back, and he's like, he's like, all right, man, we got to celebrate. So he brings he brings down the crew cup because he had just crew cupped it, yeah. put it on the counter. He's dumping like you know a six pack of Sierra Nevada in it, and I'm like just like drinking it, and metals floating in it. You know, it was just a great time. He's like, you want to have dinner? And I was like. Nah, you know what, man? I'm just gonna go have some hot dogs. <laughs> and so he gave me he gave me some bouchelet. He gave me some Grand Cru bouchelet. He's like, "It's a great hot dog wine, man. I'll see you later." You know, I just, you know, I I think my life has always been that way. It's just you you just say, 
you know, it's lots of moments where this can't be as good as it gets for me, and I want more. Um, and then you just you, you go down that path. You, you say, I want to do this. And then you start to do it at, at whatever level that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we homeschool our kids because I want my kids to explore their passions at an earlier age. Yeah. It's not like, hey, if you get all your work done, we'll go swimming on Friday. Right. No, if you're into swimming, we get you a tutor and you swim every morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I definitely. I want to talk more about that. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. I'm jumping around. No, it's all, no, no, it's fine. Um, let's hold that thought about homeschooling your kids. So you have to take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you follow me on social media, you know I love discovering and drinking new and exciting labels and winemakers. The Wine Spies offer wines like Single Vineyard Tempranillo from Amador County, Single Vineyard Mount Veter Zen from Peter Franis. If you don't know who he is, now you know. Wine Spies has been gathering intel since 2007, so these guys are really connected in the biz, and that's how they can offer so many great deals. I love their locker feature. It lets you build a case over time so you can check out with just one bottle and avoid shipping charges. They have a top-notch tasting panel so I can rely on the wines to be great every time, which lets me play around and discover more. The spies always take care of me, so if I'm not 100% happy with the wine, they'll make it right. And just for the listeners of my show, there's a special Black Wine Guy Experience URL discount code for $10 off your first order when you sign up at winespies.com forward slash black wine guy. So uh, one article, you had three sons. So you just had a, your fourth son. Yeah, he's two. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, very interesting. Because what book I was reading another book I, or listening to a book, Jordan Peterson's book. Uh, I forget what it's called, about, but it's actually a very interesting book about principles or something. But he talks about... Um, and I, I see why it's controversial, but it's not really controversial if you listen to the book. But like uh, genetically, um, you know, uh, having boys like so like you like and sons is real. Like mm -hmm. you, you are you are you are literally creating this huge legacy. Mm -hmm. You you have shifted. You know, your mother was in the military. So, I mean, she probably saved well. But you have shifted your family's mm -hmm. wealth trajectory mm -hmm. by doing what you're doing. And so um, you, I love what you said. You homeschool your kids because. Um, they're not going to learn anything in school that's going to be really useful in life when they have parents who are both entrepreneurs and running all these businesses. And like you said, they can explore the path. exactly like you get a tutor and go swim uh, in the morning, you know, uh, when you have energy or whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, instead of like it's something you do after school and you're tired and you're angry because you've been right. in school all day. So what's that like? Like um, – running a business an empire with your wife with four boys running around it's great you know um it's really great you know my wife was like i wanted either two or four kids and i was like okay you said i got you yeah well that's what i said <laughs> in the second round i said i can make that happen yeah. right but like you know it you know it's an interesting thing you know i feel like it wasn't it's, it's, we, it's not this chip on the sort of that we think that we could do better. You know, it's like, you know, one day I turned to my wife and I said, are we fucking up? Like, should our kids be going to Horace Mann? Mm -hmm. You know, it's 45K a year times four. <clears throat> like, are we messing up? Should we be doing that? And she's like, well, you know, if you want them, you know, it's more about like the connections and the networking. Right, right. And I said, well, you know, I, our network is pretty cool in, the, in a certain field, but right. like whatever. Right. Uh, but I felt like with that budget – we could create create a curriculum that was full of travel language, um, 
you know, we could create an awesome education for our children with that kind of budget. Right. And so that's what we said. We said, don't let your school get in the way of your education. And right. so we, 100%. we travel, we move, we move to Europe for four months. Like, you know, it's this, this thing of like really like immersing them. Um, and what we do and, you know, I mean, the dinner talk is tables. It's, it's the, you know, the talk at the dinner table is a lot different than when I was growing up as a kid, right. Owning a business and talking about a lot of those things. Just my kids are a lot familiar or far a lot well, further along than I was just knowing about the basics of business and and money and finance than, than I was. Right. Um, 100%. I mean, my dad worked at the post office and, <clears throat> you know, he did well because he's a baby boomer. He, just yeah. a, he was just in an age where if you made $30,000 a year yeah. and saved it, mm-hmm. you could do something, yeah. you know. But, you know, I, I have a day job in education and education so broken. Mm-hmm. Particularly for brown kids, it's so broken. Like you said, like I mean, um, you go to Horace Mann for the connections, right? Mm-hmm. But but you're just you, the kids go there, and then you go to, um, you know, it's an anointing. You're just getting anointed. It's okay. not like you know, uh, there's a superior education. But I mean, with what you do and the businesses, like you, you're you're rubbing shoulders with with those those kids' parents anyway. The, the, yeah. the hedge fund guys are coming to your restaurant. I mean, so you're you're in that world. You know, no, totally. Way, like, and know? like, and like, the fact of it is, they could go there, right? Like, if they wanted to, they could go there. It's just not. It just wasn't in our plan. You know, like my wife comes from that world. She just like, just didn't want to. You know, she just wanted to be a part of it in that way, and um, and that's kind of how we lead. You know, I mean, shit, I had to sign a prenup to get married. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's like they were like, her <laughs> dad was like, oh, Andre, before you convert, all good. My, sh- good. my shit's worth more now. So uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's I love so, you, baby. That's what's so exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so your wife. So um, I read an article um, about when you left per se because yeah. your, your wife wrote an article <laughs> she wrote, wrote a book, book rather yeah, wrote yeah, a book yeah. about like a like an insider's guide to, <laughs> to you know, the goings on um yeah tell, tell me a little bit about that man. it wasn't it wasn't a, a tell-all yeah. it, was a, it was a tell some and let's be honest it was in in this day and age it was very it was it was a love letter right right i think we we live in a world now it's 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 the tear down it's like oh that was savage like i hate that shit mm-hmm. like it's it's the council culture where it's like we want to hear all the bad and dirty shit about people right and um right. and that wasn't what that was about it was a it was a love letter to to that restaurant and um it was great and you know she had the foresight to say hey you know what i want my my kids are going to read this book yep right yep. i want it to be something that i'm proud of so right. it wasn't it it, it, it was about a 27-year-old, Ivy League-educated woman finding her way in New York, ended up at the most anticipated restaurant opening in the last 25 years in New York City. Mm-hmm. And it takes you through, you know, when this world-famous chef who basically got ran out of New York, it was his homecoming. You know, so what was happening? He hired, you know, retired famous ballerina to teach us to, how to walk through the dining room. Like, you know, that kind of... So it's a lot of the behind the scenes. I think sure, chapter, sure. chapter two was adopted by by most of the culinary schools as required reading for their service class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the second half of the book, you know, she meets a dark and mysterious and handsome <laughs> sommelier. Um, and then the rest is history, you know? Um, but yeah, I think uh, because you don't ask permission, and I get it, you know, if one of my employees were writing a book about me, I'd be a little shook, yeah. you know? I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, really? Right. Right. Um, okay, Playboy. Yeah, but I lock, <laughs> but we already lock them up, you know? We got NDA on NDA, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but anyways, it just, you know, I, I understand both ways. Sure. But, you know, she had a right to write about her story, and I thought it was great. And um, and then, you know, it was that thing. She came home early on the, early on the book tour, and she's like, you know, I want to I wanna have a family. I was like, like, right now? Like, <laughs> like, right, right now? Like, okay. And so, yeah, we started. I quit um, to start, uh, to start uh, Maison Noir Wines, and we started having kids. We had, like, our first one in 08, and... Um, and that's kind of been it, you know. And so I've been making wine for – I left the restaurant in 07. So for the 13 years, we've been at it. That's, a, that's incredible. Um, let's talk about Maison Noir because um, – what, did you get that cease and desist letter, man? How'd that go down? Uh, a lot of them. <laughs> so, yeah, because I remember when it was – you know, I was like – I remember if I was like, Mouton Noir. I was like, ah, I love that. Black sheep. Who's the black sheep? What's a black that's sheep? That's right. Um, yeah, no, I um, – I started the company. I created the logo. It was a screensaver uh, on my computer at Per Se. It was always, you know, while decanting priceless bottles of wines that I'm cracking jokes about the wines I'm going to make and, you know, just having a good laugh. Um, but when it was time to leave, you know, it was something that I really held on to. I was like, I, could, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I think working at Per Se gave, really gave me the confidence to say that I could do that. I mean, think, I mean like, you know, Josh Reno says, Dude, this kid is ballsy, and, and I was yeah, like, yeah, and, I was, and I was kind of offended in a way because I didn't know what he meant. Yeah. But he's like, like you know, you have the audacity, like you're just doing it, like you didn't ask anybody's mm-hmm. permission, like you're you're just doing this thing. And I was like, oh, but isn't that what you all did? Right, <laughs> right, right. Like it didn't right. seem any different from what I right. saw <laughs> right. everybody else right. doing, right. and. Um, and so it was interesting. So, yeah, Mouton Noir, you know, for me, it was, you know, obviously, you know, um, there's not a lot of people that look like me yep. doing what I do. Yep. Um, but also, you know, within the full walls of the Thomas Keller Restaurant Group, I did things differently. I was a black sheep. I right. just, my approach, how I talked about wine, the clothes I wore, it was just different. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I embraced that. You know, my, you know, it's funny, you know, I always talk about, you know, standing on the stage and I talk about, you know, the definition of, of, of being a black sheep. Embrace what makes you different because ultimately it's what's going to help you propel you to success. And then, you know, some people are like, well, you're just selling black. And it's like, no, but no, that's all you can see. Right, right. See, you right. see the first thing that makes us different is my skin tone. So you think that I'm holding up saying rah, rah because I'm black. Right. And I'm saying rah, rah. If you look at my body of work, I just don't do shit the way a- other people a- do. Exactly. And that makes it different. If if my Caucasian counterpart got up here and said that, I wouldn't think I wouldn't think that you know, that he's selling white. Right. Right. And so, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know what I mean? So it's, it's always interesting and tricky, you know, where people are like, oh, it's this thing. And it's like, no, it's for anybody who wants to buy wine. Right. This is and, and, and we've all felt like black sheeps. We've all felt out right. of place, outcast. Right. Right. And, you know, I just I just remember that that was that was going to be the thing that set me apart. Like, because it, in a world of blue blazers with red pens, they, they were all the same. Yep. They were all the same. Yeah. And and what made me different or memorable, right, like in that idea was like it, what you say, oh, that's the black wine guy. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that, right. Like, that was the easiest way for them to distinguish you right. Um, right. because you stood out. There, was, there wasn't anybody that looked right. like you. Right. And, and so I ran with that. I said, you know, this is how we're going to create this company. Right. Uh, and that just gave me creative license to do whatever the hell I want. I, you know, I don't come – from a wine legacy, like Carlo Mandavi, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. there's, there's gotta be, right. you know, there's gotta be some pressure to say, this is, I'm doing things within my, you know, in the, within the legacy of my family's business 
even though they're my own, I, you know, I, there's things that I should be watching out politically, blah, blah. I don't care. Right. right? You know right, what I mean? Right, I just right. do it. If it doesn't work, I don't care. Right. Like, I'm going to show up to your office just like this. I don't care. Right. 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 You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just did whatever I, you know, I mean, and I, I'm not rude about any of it. No, I know exactly you what know, you I'm mean. Just, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not apologetic. If Gary Vee could take meetings with billionaires and yep. sneakers and a, uh, and a, a skull cap on, why can't you? Well, that, well, no, but that's my boy. So we, we, came, know, up, but, we came up together yeah, and yeah. like it's been, yeah, he was, it's, um, been, it's been great. He was taking over his family business when I was, I was over at Sparrow in Hoboken. I was the assistant wine director over there and, mm-hmm. he, and he was just, he was starting to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, he deserves everything he's got because, like, we would do, like, our Skernick rep was uh, Anthony Austin. Mm-hmm. I think he's with, like, Verity now or Angel Share. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was doing these tastes, and he's like, I think Gary's, Gary never came to a fucking taste, and it was Sunday. His ass was working, yep. you know, yep. and, and now he's reaping, reaping the rewards of that, you Correct. know, and, and uh, you know, big ups for that. Um, <laughs> but that's, like you said, like, people, um, like, you're not selling black. Like I read an article um, in like one of the Oregon papers and you know, where you said, um, you know, they asked you about racism and, and here's my thing with that. Like, why would I expend any energy on something? I can't, I can't change my Correct. color. Correct. So I, why would I expend any energy on that? Correct. It's I'm, their problem. It's that, exactly. Mine. And I'm just going to keep working and you know that was the thing. I'd go to the wine tasting. You know, <laughs> the only black guy there. You know, the views tasting like and like they, you know they, they that funny look. There's just, just sometimes there's this look, and part of it's me, you know, looking for. But but yep. they pour before you they pour you glass. You you call out a tasting note. They're like, oh, you're mm. you, and you're like you're in. Like you said, Correct. like, you, like take it, yeah. you you like you use like I've always used humor to diffuse things because I was a skinny kid and mm. you had to be funny. You know, like you used to get teased, so you had to find a way out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. kind. And my mom was funny as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but you find a way, and you, that's what I do in my feed. Like you know, I, I like the way you talk about wine. It's like you know, like um, one of your labels was like. Uh, uh, leather whips and cherry pits. Yeah. I'm like, but I think you have to be right. Like, I think the biggest thing around wine is, is the language, right? right? You have to say the right things. And I always used to tell people, just say what it reminds you of. If it reminds right. you of that, say that, right. If it reminds you of that, say that. Right. Um, and you know what? I think a lot of it, my attitude, like it was just first, right? So a lot of the things that I did got me in trouble because the wine business didn't know how to be parried. Parody, right? You know, right, it's like right. they were all like, because I said Barolo King and put it on a T-shirt, somehow you thought that that was, I was comparing their wine to Barolo. And it was just like this thing. It's like, no, no, no. This is, this is typical in skate culture, right? right? This right, is how right. it happens. Like right, you're like, right. like you're, you're anointed. Like this is like, you're like, like you're a legend after this, right? right? You know, and it's like, you guys didn't get that. You thought that I was making fun of you, but actually the T-shirts are basically how I saw this was my life through my lens when everything you think about is wine. Right. 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 And walking down the street or you're watching a commercial and it's like Burger King. Right. And you're like, Burger King, Barello King, the <laughs> king of Italian wines. Right. Right. You yeah, know right. what I mean? <laughs> but it was just like, like as you like, like, you know, yeah. cause everything you're studying, everything's yeah. like you're processing everything. And the t-shirts came along as just me, you know, how I process information right. and how I saw the world from someone who was obsessed with wine, which there are tons of people, and and the people who those T-shirts resonate, I think they felt the same way. Right. Um, but you know, I got lots of legal letters from a whole bunch of different people. Um, <laughs> a lot of you know, Albert de Verlaine from DRC. Uh, you know, the biggest one was probably you know Mouton Rothschild, and you know that that you know rolled into like a six seven year thing um, where they you know they felt like I infringed on upon their trademark and 
I was like, that's kind of dumb, you know, kind of, it just, it just yeah, never made sense. Right. Yeah. But, um, but you know, at this point, you know, I'm in it for the story, you know, I changed the name, right. Because I wanted to be able to come on this podcast and tell them that they suck. Right. Exactly. Right? You know right. what I mean? Yeah, no. So, I mean, yeah, come on. Man. So, so that was my thing. There was no, no one in the world that ever would ever mistaken what I did for what they did. Right. That's and ludicrous. So I get, so not that your wines aren't, but, but like, like you're a fucking icon. Relax, cool. bro. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of that. You're an and, icon. Your family owns yeah. all the banks in the world. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dog. You worried yeah. about? I'm selling some T-shirts. Make, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big, cases, yeah, yeah, it's like a <laughs> you know big bank take little bank. So you know, I knew it, and you know, I guess the most eye-opening thing about all of it was is that I realized that the wine business is pretty litigious, and to think that it, and now I'm like sitting back, and you're like, and to think that it would not be, it's a whole bunch of people with money. Well, exactly, right? right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's so funny you say that. It is very litigious. It's, yeah, it's 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 an interesting world, you know. Um, it's a very interesting world and learn how to navigate it and, and be in it. But that's very funny. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing but people with money who, 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 um, a lot of them, like you go to Napa, it's like, okay, I made, I made a billion dollars yeah. in Silicon Valley. Now I'm going to just come out with a $700 bottle of wine yeah, yeah. and it's just so competitive. So, you know, and, and, and everybody's trying to, I mean, at some point you realize that like all the names are taken up oh. and you're just kind of like, so what is this? But anyways, I got in a legal battle with these guys. Um, and I just changed the name. Like I changed the name because I wanted to be able to talk about it. And that's no, that. that's so smart and that's so dope, right? So we just changed it to Maison Noir Wines yeah. and we keep it trucking and And now you, you, know. you get to tell the story. Correct, and, because yeah. the, all the people who supported me, they deserve the right to know that like these people came in and said, you know, I represent zero 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 one percent. And like all of a sudden <laughs> like I'm some threat to you. Right. And like, you know, it it was just, you know, it's like this name goes back to, you know, we've owned this name since the 1800s, right. but it's been Mouton hyphenated yeah. Rothschild. Right, right. You know, right, you're right. like, ah. So, but you know, like I said, I'm in it for the story. I don't care. So, like now it's just like, okay, this is what it is. When that stuff happens, like, it doesn't sound like, but was there ever like a time you're like, man, were you unsure? Once you once you went to wine, were you, was there a point you thought about quitting or was there any? Oh, dude, it's, it's every day, man. It happens <laughs> every day, right? Like, you know, the, the, the idea is like every, we all have self-doubt, right? right? And, it, and it could creep into the most successful people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's always like when I don't expect it. You know, I was like I was, I was walking around Heights Chateau maybe three years ago, four years ago, during Christmas. Right, so it was actually it was Christmas Eve. I had dropped my family off. They were going to some um, church service around the corner. And so I'm walking around in there. And, you know, and I was like, I'm waiting for the guy to come over so we can look at the cellar book. And I was like, okay. And so I'm walking around, and I'm looking at all the wines. And so I see all my friends' wines. Yeah. And then the more and more I look, and I don't see my wine, and then I'm like, man, you're such an idiot. Like, why did you think you could do this? Like, I mean, you could hear it. Like, right, like right. why do you think this do that? And then, like, and in that one moment, I'm trying to put all of my self-worth because my wine is not on the shelf at this mm-hmm. place that I respect, mm-hmm. but all my other friends are. And I was like, oh, man, they must think I'm a loser. And then you're just like, what are you talking about? And then I walk around the corner, and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, there it is. And so I bought them some pizza. <laughs> I bought them, like, four large pizzas so they could eat. So, so you know, I just, you know, I, I think it, it it's... It's always there, right? Like yeah. when, when, especially when it when it rains, it pours, it, it piles on you. But like you, 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 you have to look at the situation. Everybody's doing, everybody's doing what they do because they at the because they have their best interests at hand. Right. You know, I had a situation where someone said our best customer called and found out you sold some wine to somewhere else, and we didn't know. I said, but they're not my best customer, 
and my best customer said, he ain't buying from you unless I sell to him directly. <laughs> right? You know, so like, right. like in the end, we do, we do what's in our best interest. And, you know, so I, some days I take it personal, some days I don't. But like, you, you got to find a, a balance between that and a balance between fuck them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, you know, at, in the end of the day, it's, 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 it's your life. And it, you know, like I said, it's like, you know, I mean, I've got it. It's like, last time I checked, this is my company. So I don't know why you're trying to give me advice right. on how to do my shit. Right. right, right. Right. And, you know, so like, but you, you get that. You get into some of these things and sometimes I feel like I'm being crazy or is it unraveling? And then like the next thing, you know, so it all, once it starts to pile on, then you're like, man, like, did I, you know, why did I think I could do this? Like, did I take on too much? And then it is. It's like someone said, he's like, <laughs> like I was talking to a friend and he was talking to, he was a business partner. He's like, well. It's all a gray area until it's not, right? That's what, that's, you know, kind of say it's all kind of weird until it's not. Right. Right? Like, so it's like, it's gray. It's a gray area. And then you just do that. And then now it's not. Right. right? You right. know? And so, and that's through communication or, or some of those other things. But there's always moments that I feel like um, that, you know, that, that it could all come tumbling down. And what I didn't realize is that, you know, a lot, if you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, it is that, right? It feels like a house of cards. So you're there, and I'm telling my wife for like eight years in, and she's like, how are you feeling? Are you good? I'm like, eh, you know? And it's like, no, it's great. Like, have money in the bank. Like, we have no debt. Like, right. all of this shit. But then you're like, but if this one person doesn't pay us, it might come falling down, right? But it's like, right, it right. feels like this house of cards. But like, but even when you, um, in Steve Jobs' book, he talked a lot about, like, it's the fear of losing, losing it all. It's, I, I mean, like, maybe less of that because I feel like if I lost it all, I know how to build it back faster. I've heard that. Like, that's the, that's the best that part way. about being an entrepreneur is, like, once you, you've built a business, if you've done it right, I pay attention. Yeah. You know how to build it again. Like, it's the knowledge. It's, and I, I'm a big destination guy, but I'm really working on like the journey like there's mm. so much you get on the way and yeah, that's absolutely. Like, like you know there's people like you know if I lost it all you could drop me off anywhere in the world and, and within a year I'd be a millionaire again you know mm. that like that, the feeling to be able to have that inside of you has got to be like priceless you know but you, but it, I, I think it, it's true. You know, I mean, it's, think about it. You're putting together some IKEA furniture, then you realize that you put it on backwards. You're like, fuck. fuck, I fuck so not, then you got to undo it and do it again. But it, but it took you forever to do it the first time. But the second time you got it, and right. it's like, okay, right. I got it. Right. And I think, I think kind of the same way. So you know, I'm not, I'm definitely, you know, always have a, a healthy dose of risk on my plate, right? Or what I, you know, I could be chilling right now. Like I don't like. Like, you know, before I came here, I had to let one of our employees in. They were doing a delivery, and all this stuff was happening. I was like, to be honest, I don't need any of this shit, dude. I was, I was good. Like, you know, me and my wife were trying to figure out where were we going to live six months out of the year besides New York. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. Right. Like, I feel like, let's do something. Let's contribute to our neighborhood. And she's like, why? <laughs> and I was like, no, we can do it. Let's, let's do it. And so, and so, so, so we, got, we got back into the restaurant business. And, you know, and I said, you know, this is not about making us rich. This is about what's – this is the building blocks for what's next. It's yeah. for the, the big thing that we want to build. Right. Right? This is just to get – this is just a teaser to show the world what we can do. Right? Because everybody has to put you in the box. They're like, well, wait a minute. Aren't you this guy? Right. And you only do that? Right. And I'm like – no, nah, I can do this too. Right, right. Right. I can do that too. Yep. But everybody has to put you in the box so they can actually go on with their own. Well, life. exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah. because they, they, for their own mental stability, Correct. They, they, you have to fit into a model inside their head, right. you know? And so let's talk about. So you launch Ansons, you're getting ready to launch, and then boom, 
boom, uh, COVID-19. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it was an amazing two months. We were open for two months. Mm -hmm. um, I think what softened that blow is because we... I signed at least three years before, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it took three years to get open. Wow. We had I had signed the the extension for the lease, so we got like two we got two two threes and a four, so ten years. And I was signing the next part of the lease, and then we opened the next day. Um, so I felt like we hadn't been open right. long, so whatever. Like it just felt like. It wasn't, you know, we'll just start over. It, it didn't matter. But it was amazing. It was amazing. It was packed. Um, we got to spend a lot of time with our friends, and it, it was great. And then it closed. It closed us down, and I felt like, okay, now I can invert my attention. We'll just leave this here, and then we'll work on next door, which was going to be always be the provision store. Mm -hmm. And so we fast-tracked that. We opened it on in April for online. Mm -hmm. and, then, um, and then maybe about two and a half months, three months, we started letting people in. Okay. So a couple of people at a time. And it's been great to see to watch it grow and that that whole idea of like building something in like it's there in the meantime, there was a three so I bought signed the lease, and it was three years. I think I was like I celebrated because we signed the lease, and I was so excited about like what we were going to do in this space that like and then I had to you know then I was on the road, you know I get on the plane almost every single week, and right. so I would be gone and focusing on other stuff, uh, and then we would have a contractor, then they would leave, then we finally got a contractor, so by the time you looked up, it was three years, and then we got an audit, so it was a lot of stuff um, and I, I, I guess I kind of got bored i don 't know what I, what happened. I was telling my wife I thought maybe I was depressed or something like i, I didn 't feel alive. there was just something I just felt like I was going through the motions and i was um, I was out in California. Uh, on a rare like weekend thing and I was like okay and it just hit me I was like no no I think the next wave of restaurant tour like you got to you have to have you ha you have to have a wine shop right like that's the that's the low hanging fruit mm -hmm. right you already have a following mm -hmm. these people that buy wine from you at mm -hmm. a three time markup mm -hmm. but if they like something and then it just you know but it all clicked you know I had been talking about what I call 360 hospitality and how the restaurant businesses, you know, how it will all morph and change. Like your favorite designer is going to have a hotel, right? Like oh, yeah. they spend all the money, they spend all this money on the showroom and they pay rent to the showroom. Now they're going to get their customers to come in and stay in the showroom and pay for it in the form of a hotel. Everything's for sale. Um, and so when you start to see restoration hardware, get into food, then you realize that was a driving factor, right? I think, um, um, what is it? Not uh, Urban Outfitters bought Mark Vetri's Pizza Place and started to put the pizza place in there because people were going out to eat. People weren't going to shop. Right. And so, and then I saw the Gap had an Airbnb. Right. And I was like, okay, because my business model was never set up on on that kind of experience. It was set up on you build a product, you build, you know, you build a brand, you build a product, and you sell it, and you go to all the places where you would like it to be. And so that's what I had been doing. And then part of the restaurant project was we would get back into, you know, slowly get back in the restaurants because I'm looking, I'm like, should they giving away free money? Developers, like they, they start <laughs> to understand they're giving away free money right. to put locations in different places right. and, and ideas. And I was like, okay, all right, I got this, right? And then, you know, somebody from, you know, from Raleigh, North Carolina was trying to fly me down because they were interested in the handbar. And I was like, but it's not open yet, right. like before it was even open. Right. And um, so anyways, I, you know, I called some friends that, had owned a wine shop down the street on the same street. And I just said, Hey, I texted him. I was like, if you're ever looking to sell, I'm your guy. He says, let's talk. I wow. mean, that was the, the next text. Wow. And, um, yeah. And so, um, we bought the shop, 
it's like 200 square feet and you know that kind of that's at one end of the one end of the street you know and then that bookends on one side and then the hand bars on the other side mm-hmm. uh, and then we have what do we have then we have the provision store next door the next block uh, I just signed a lease for our office so um, I'll finish signing the paperwork when I leave here and so our office will go in there for all of my employees and then the front half is like a little it's gonna be like a little breakfast taco you know how I like oh, tattoos. Oh man, yeah, man. So it's a little a, breakfast taco joint, love, cold uh, pressed juice, juice. Yep. Breakfast tacos. Used to get them in. Well, I get them in Austin. Yeah, yeah. No, so it's, a, it's like an Austin joint yeah, from San Antonio. Yeah. yeah. So cold pressed yeah, juice, yeah, taco exactly. chico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then two more blocks down from that, um, I signed a lease in January. So it's going to be our bakery. So we bought a stone mill. We're going to be uh, milling our own flour, uh, making bread, uh, and then I started a flour company called uh, this. Black man is audacious. <laughs> yes. It's not just wine with this one. No, it's not. Milling it's not. his own grain? Yeah, it's wow. on. It's um, on. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> it's going to be a Mac Way, Mac Boulevard. Yeah, you know, Al- the, neighbors, the neighbors all know. You know, it's so funny. They like... They, when they see an empty storefront, they're like, so what oh. are you going to do up there? <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, believe it or not, I looked at the space already, uh, and we passed on it. You know, and, uh, you know so they're starting to get it. I, and I think um, I love our neighborhood. It's, it, you know, it's, ever since I moved to New York, it's been one of those things where you, you, I lived in places that didn't have the amenities to really keep me in the neighborhood as sure. far as, like, on the level I wanted to eat right, at. Right, right. Right? And, um, and, you know, I lived in Harlem. You see the same thing, but you're walking around, and you're like, if I had some money, I'd put this there, I'd put that there. And right. then eventually all those things came. Right. I moved to Crown Heights. You saw every neighborhood I went to, I saw it. And then when I got to my neighborhood, it was prime for it. And you're like, okay, maybe it's not ready yet. And then and then, and then, and then it starts to happen. I saw like there was an independent bookstore that opened. And I yeah. was like, shoot. <laughs> I called my mama. I was like, it's on. She's like, <laughs> she's like what? I was like, it's on. I'm like, they're not, give, they're not giving – they're not putting independent bookstores in many neighborhoods. And I was like, okay, that means people with disposable income yep. that, that are buying books. Yeah, and I was like, okay. I said, okay. So, And we had just moved back from France. And my, my wife was like, so we're actually doing this? I was like, nobody's moving anywhere. Right? right. <laughs> it was like, nobody's moving anywhere. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And, um, and she gave, she gave it, it the blessing. And, um, and then, yeah, we've been, we've been on the attack on the street. And it's been it's been fun just like you know i don't think any of my neighbors knew what i did you know right right they're just like he just wasn't there you know (laughs) my wife was like a single single mother right yeah she's a single mother her husband's around exactly (laughs) well Um, at least the dad's around (laughs) yeah right right (laughs) pops in oh they're married they're married right it's not a wedlock exactly (laughs) but um but you know so it's it's been fun so yeah i mean we just you know i'm i'm pouring a lot of energy into it and you know that's you know i was telling someone it's like Someone said, hey, we came by the other day. And so someone invited me for, to dinner last night. And I was like, nah, you know what? It's like I only like have like two nights a week that I can actually like have dinner with my family. Right. Um, you know, so I'm going to stick around. Trust me. I would – I probably would have came if my wife wouldn't have said something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? And, um, and they were like, hey, we totally miss you tonight. And then she said something like um, – you yeah I, I, you looked a little tired or something like that and I was like oh don't let the mask fool you I had a big smile on underneath right <laughs> and she goes no I know you're smiling but like I've never seen you tired you looked a little bit tired and I was like oh I'm not offended like I'm doing a lot of shit yeah what do you mean like a lot yeah, of shit yeah, right yeah. you know like so yeah my producer's like Jesus she she when does this guy sleep I don't yeah you know, she literally so. said that and and like why ham. I mean, that's obviously not going to get you on the cover of the final call as the black entrepreneur <laughs> of the not. year. 
But um, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it took a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, that, yeah, that's but, gonna marinate with yeah, the audience. No, I which McCall. No, it was just something that I had always been interested in as a kid. Yeah. I, I like the pork. Oh, um, me too. I grew up. I, I, if Mama cooked a breakfast without hog, we had yeah, a problem in my right, house. That's right. Sorry. And we, but you know, it was <laughs> it was just it was just the idea of traveling to other places <clears throat> and how why prosciutto was famous or and more so famous. Expensive. And you're like, what is what's going on here? And but there was a sense of pride around it, mm-hmm. uh, a country national mm-hmm. pride, uh, even for Spain. And um, you know, and I, I, I. What's the Spanish one? It's not Serrano. What's the real expensive? Iberico. Yeah, Iberico. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so we, um, I, I came to my first restaurant. I, I, I was, had one of those. Huh? We had wine story. Like, um, so it was at a, fuck. It was a, it was a, it was a guy who, um, when I worked at Sparrows, um, Armando knew the. Uh, the Jorge Ordonez guy, like yeah, yeah, no, no, I've, I I went to Spain with Jorge, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, it's a distributor lived like in Marinac or something, uh-huh. and, and he would drop drop an Iberico mm-hmm. in the middle of a pallet because you can't bring that shit in, yeah, yeah. And so we were at his house and we're just 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 <laughs> drinking through the portfolio, yeah. Uh, yeah. So and and drop all the funky cheeses right in the middle of the pallet, smuggling uh, in the yeah, country, smuggle, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um, it just I. I was reading Vino Italiano, and that was, I think that was the book that I was reading when I was in Yachtville. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was excited to go to, you know, those B- Bastianich joints. Yep. And um, I remember walking into one, I think it was Odo, it was one of them. And I was like, what's that thing that looks like a Ferrari over there? You know, it's like <laughs> candy painted red, chromed out. I'm like, what is that? They're like, oh, yeah, it's a meat slicer. And they're like, Joe collects them. It's like he collects them. And I'm looking at them. Yeah, they're like $25,000, $35,000. I said, that thing? And they're like, yeah. I was like, holy shit. And I was, I, and so I was enamored. So I'm like looking at it. I, you know, so I ordered a whole bunch of meat so they could slice it on it. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, and I was like, this is really cool. I, I was really digging it. And then, um, I, you know, I used to spend a lot of time at, uh, what was the other one? Bar Hamon. And that reminded me a lot of the places in Spain. Yep. And I thought that was great. And I always said, you know, if I was going to own a place, it was always going to be small, blah, 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 place I wanted to drink at. And, and then I started to look at these slicers. And I found that, you know, some of them were American-made and, like, from the 1900s. And I was like, so what were they slicing on those? Um, and it was prosciutto and that kind of stuff, but it wasn't American country ham, which is something that I knew from the South. Right. And I was like, well, and now you start to see chefs, like even, like, uh, David Chang, you know, they started to, to – you know, pamper, you know, American country ham or serve it in the same way or give it the same respect, mm-hmm. a royal treatment that they would do, you know, Pato Negra or, or Prosciutto Sandella, Daniele. And you're like, oh, so they would slice it paper thin. So country ham was sliced thick and you threw it in a, you threw it in a frying pan yep. and made, it made red eye gravy. Yep. Um, and that, and so you did the red eye gravy to kind of like detract from the saltiness of it. Right. So you'd have to rinse it, do all that. Um, but if you slice, prosciutto really thin the saltiness it just kind of melts on your mouth and it's, it's less salty um and i was like okay so um that sounds kind of cool so like let's 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 try to put those two together and i end up buying i think i turned 40 my wife's like what do you want for your birthday and i was like ah you know what i got everything i'm cool like like uh, to be honest i don't want for anything this is great never mind then i was like wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute and i always thought that i had to like open a restaurant so i could raise money so i could actually afford one right and i was like no, no, I, I, no, I, I want a slicer. 
And she's like, what? <laughs> I want to slice her. So I bought one. And uh, it's still in my, it's in my dining room to this day. And, um, you know, we slice ham on it. Generally, like when I was gone, you know, I'd come back on like Friday morning or Thursday night. And in the morning, I'd put, the, put one of the hams on it. Mm-hmm. And so it would kind of come up to room temperature. And we'd just slice throughout the whole day or the weekend. And, uh, you, know, I'd, you know, I'd say, who wants hamon for breakfast? You know, my kids, you know, on the intercom, they all come down. And, you know, so it was like it's always been this fun thing. And we would entertain from like November to, you know, the end of the year. And and then I was like, I got it. Like she's like, What do you mean? I was like, I want to open a ham bar, but mine is just going to be American, right? Everything's American, from the antiques that we collect that that are on display in there to to the wine. I love that. So, so we have wines back I, to the fifties. Great freaking concept. Yeah, you know. And then all the cheeses, you know, like the the ham and, and the and the charcuterie haven't American charcuterie. They haven't reached their heyday yet. Like you know, oh, like yeah. American cheese, like oh five, oh six came to the forefront and now you have this these groups the guys that are making these amazing hams and i wanted a place to be able to showcase that so right now we carry anywhere from 11 to 13 different hams that we have uh, from all over the country um some legal some not Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) my my wife did say she wanted she was like yeah i want to i want like a euro cob with like Illegal cheese, black market cheeses. <laughs> Food people are so funny. Enough of the edge, right? <laughs> my, my wife is my wife. Before we, uh, she had went to Spain before we were dating, and mm. and she had was going to smuggle all this stuff back in, <laughs> and she panicked at the last minute, <laughs> and like put this hundred dollar pound of cheese in the garbage can. Yeah, yeah. She had no fortitude to bring it home. Yeah, and then the thing is, like, what are they going to do? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take it. They're going to take it from you. Yeah, right. Like, like you know, they're going to throw you in jail. They're not going to beat you up. But literally, she she, she got to she just ditched it before she went to yeah. security. I was like, like yeah. shit. Yeah, and, uh, and still, like it's like, oh yeah, I forgot I had this blunt in my pocket. <laughs> exactly, right. I'm still trying to exactly. hold it. I don't want to. Well, maybe I'll go outside and smoke it before <laughs> wait, I come back. Right? Wait, wait, it's like, I don't right. smoke anymore. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the idea. You know, I just uh, to me it was it was a love letter to American food heritage and culture. Yeah, I felt man. like that didn't exist. You know, like if an Italian guy and a Spanish guy will fist fight in the street over who makes the best ham. Mm-hmm. We don't have that, nope. <laughs> right? Nope, right, like, nope. like, and I just thought, like, you know, everybody they're they're super proud of that, and I felt like there's been a lot of work, and they've been curing hams for over a hundred years here, and you know, some of the hogs that actually are used in prosciutto are, are come from Ohio, and I said, okay, well, maybe we have something here, and that was it. I just wanted to be, we're only going to do American wine. And so we have tons of like old, cool, fun stuff to drink that's inexpensive, American cheeses, and like it just you know to me it just felt right. And um, that American was it. cheeses, not American cheese people. Cheeses, 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 <laughs> like cheeses. <Yeah. laughs> we don't have cheeses. No, <laughs> we have cheeses. Um, I mean, and I think that's just that's just a. Cra- I mean, it's a crazy concept on one hand. I mean, that's amazing. You know, like I don't feel like we reinvented the wheel. Which is well, a that's curation. But, but that's. A th- I mean, it's yeah. never. You never really want to reinvent the wheel. That that fucker went broke. Mm-hmm. It, it's just. <laughs> it's just turning the wheel like mm-hmm. three or four degrees. No, nah, it's cool, man. It's been. It's been really fun, and then like you know, a real sense of accomplishment in the sense that like ever since I'm before I moved here, you know, the New York City restaurant scene, the landscape is legendary. Yeah. Um, and just to be able to like, it's not like me getting a star on the Hollywood 
but you know, it's like you know, maybe I like wrote my, you know, like I, I'm like there, yeah. right? I've done it. I've opened a restaurant in New York, and um, that's it's a big, that, that's know, it's a, a big, big thing for me. Deal. That's yeah. a big deal for anybody. I mean, people really need to, uh, yeah, it's. You know, that's huge. I mean, to open a restaurant in New York City is bananas. Yeah, it took me four years. But, you know, I think I drug my Only feet. four? I mean, I mean, that's pretty damn good, man. <laughs> you know, it's a story like people work 20 years and then they can't open a restaurant. So, um, so then, like, you oh, so you, you got the wine shop, got the bakery, yeah. got the ham bar. You make wine and you write books. Yeah. Tell me about the book. Um, the book was something I always wanted to do. I think, you know, uh, I think for a lot of people, it's a bucket list thing. Um, but we always feel like, oh, is my life worthy of that? Like, what would I, what would I ever put in that? What right. would I put in there? What right. would I do? Right. Uh, you know, my first attempt at it was, like, through humor. So uh, I created the uh, Small Time Cooks. Right. So it is, no, it is volume one. Like, in my mind, I've committed to 20, 20 okay. different volumes. So it'll be it's just fun, fun culinary thing. And then um, it was so funny. I remember Amazon invited me out um, to Washington to do a, a fishbowl talk which, you know, where the author comes up and talks about the book and then reads from the book. Mm-hmm. I was like, but it's a coloring book. There's nothing, there's nothing to read. Um, and, so we, and so at the time, they were selling my wine through Amazon. And so we, we did like an unprecedented event where it was a wine tasting and it was, you know, you know a book drawing or right. whatever. So, um, but, it, but it was fun. Um, you know, 99 Bottles, I, it was an idea that really kind of started from an email where I was just sending emails to, you know, my people – you know, my family members of stuff they should drink. You know, it's always kind of like, hey, cousin. Yeah, I know that. You know, with the turkey, with the Kendall Jackson, and they're like, we'd much rather be drinking your wine or like, what, like whatever was out there. Um, and, you know, I had already started designing the book um, on my computer. And so it was just, you know, basically it was like 99 bottles that you should be that you should be drinking now or this year. And then that gave me space to like do it every single year. And, you know, it's like, you know, Spurge bottles, things over 25, things under 25, all kinds of like that kind of guy, like which we had seen done before. And then um, I had to start talking with my agent and, you know, and then we just, you know, we just kind of took it in a different re- direction. You know, I talk a lot about how wine is a, is a placeholder of a moment in time mm-hmm. and that like we tried to chase that a lot, right? Like that $3 bottle, that three euro bottle that you had in Portugal was amazing. But when you finally tracked it down in the States, you <laughs> say it, it, it felt, it fell flat. Yeah. And so much so that you think that it was a different wine or they don't sell the Americans the good stuff. Right. Some of it might be true. Um, and then, and then, um, but it's really is that you're chasing that moment, the sunset, the conversation yep. that people with, the, the yep. smells in the air. Yep. Um, and so for me, I was like, hey, so how about we talk about these wines that have scoped and, t- and changed my life? When I think about these particular bottles of wine, this is what I think about. Chateau Reyes, 1985, right? Dining room at French Lawn, uh, per se, right. catches on fire. Right. Right. right? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And to your point. I just want to interrupt. It's like, yeah. that's why, thank you so much for coming into a studio and sharing a bottle of wine because, you know, everybody's, we got the virtual tasting and, and uh, one of my guests, he works for a wine magazine. He's like, I, I got to call bullshit on, on the Zoom tastings just because, and not, not, he's like, I understand we got to sell wine, but like this bottle of wine, like we both could have the same bottle of wine, mm-hmm. but we're not sharing the bottle of wine. Mm-mm. It's right. a disconnect. You're it's trying, a, dis- you're it's a disconnect. So, um, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm gonna remember this '89 Kenwood Artist Series mm-hmm. bottle. With Picasso, that's Picasso on there. Picasso, with, baby. Pic- that's right. Also <laughs> with the '99. Um, and you know, out of the beaker, <laughs> de- decanter um, in the studio. Um, 
and you're right because it, it's it's who you're with. It it it's it's more than it's more than the wine. The wine is an it's an accoutrement, it's an enhancement. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's an anchor, if right. you will. It's supposed to make all the other things better, right? It's there to set the to set the the background music, right? And so that's so that's what it is. And we thought like writing the book like it's interesting. It's in chronological order, so you can read it from front to back. But it's in vignettes so to speak or snippets it's not long pages of stories but you could get a sense of idea um and you learn about wine along the way even though the story you might be the story's not the story's about me mm -hmm. so you, you get to learn about who i am but you get to learn about wine along the way and like that kind of stuff and behind the scenes stuff so it, it was fun i just really it was something that i felt that i needed to like get out of my head and like get off my plate it's by no means like the story of my life that book's coming I think I got a business book coming before that that one. But like, you know, the idea yeah. of like I just I think I just needed to get it out there and, and say what I went through. And um it was it was very hard. You know, I had the experience of working without a publisher before, mm -hmm. uh, which was the um, the coloring book, which was awesome and great. Um and but I hadn't had the experience of working with a publisher. And so that was something that I wanted to do for this one. And that part was really hard because, you know, I work in the realm where when I'm done, I'm done. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yep, yep. hey, we're done with that. Right. Right. right? You know what, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. right? And, and so, you know, you had people coming back and saying this and I'm like, oh, my God. Um, but it was a good experience for me. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a good experience for me no, where you're like, I, know exactly. I said, but I wouldn't say that. Right. And they're like. But you know, it sounds like I, I think at the at, at the end of the book, uh, Dre, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Dre Dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What if he said it this way? Oh, yeah. It was just like <laughs> you're like, oh my god! And she's like, but you wrote this most amazing book, and at the end, you say, "Fuck you very much." And I was like, "Yeah, it's called a mic drop." <laughs> <laughs> and oh she's like, god. she's like, oh, I go go look it up on Urban Dictionary. Oh my god, it's so um, awesome! But you know, it was just you know. It was it was it was a fun thing to do. I think, you know, maybe I was a little bit too reserved in some parts, but like it is it is authentically me. Um, you know, most of it was written on voice dictation on my phone, right? You know what I mean? Like, I like do. I going do. to and from the airport, being in the airport lounge, being on the plane. Um, so it didn't feel like a daunting task along the way, but at the end, it was it was pretty big. You know, compiling against some other stuff, but it was great. I gave truly gave birth to it and. Um, it's fun to see it out in the real world. Um, you know, like I tell my wife all the time, it's, it's, it, it's good. It's great. It's got great praise and all that other stuff, but it won't really be appreciated until like you see the whole, my whole body of work. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, when you have, when you put it all together, you'll see, yeah, right? you'll yeah. see, like you'll, they'll go back. You want more, right? Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. when you get, when you come onto somebody late, What's cool about it is, is that they have a whole library of work, right? right. Like, so if you only got to Dre, uh, if you got to Drake at like, you know, whatever, in the six or whatever, right. there's a whole body of work that you can go back and listen to. Right. But if you started at the beginning, then like you're kind of waiting. Right. Right. No, it's, uh, it's funny you say, I, um, one of, I love live music and one of the last, actually one of the, the last live music show I went to uh -huh. was uh, Raphael Sadiq uh -huh. was, was at the, the pack in New York. I love them. And, um, you know, it was like Valentine's Day and like it's cold. It's February. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, do we really want to get on a train? And, yeah. and, and there's, and there, you know, no time to eat because she was working and shitty food at the pack restaurant, you know, believe it or not. But 
we, we mustered up our strength and we went. And then mm-hmm. like you go to a show from somebody Ralph Zodiac, and you're like, he was 17, he went on tour at Prince. Like you, like his whole when you see someone's body of work. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate what you're saying. I mean, I'm like, fuck, he did that. He did this. Well, it's not that. me being. I'm not being an asshole about it or being positive. No, it's saying. not. It's like, saying, no, it's, yeah. it's reality. Like, yeah. like you're creating stuff. You like building stuff, and like, and and then there'll be a point where like, oh, like like he, you know, um, you know, oh, what song he sing? He sang them all, but uh, oh, never rains in Southern California, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they'd be like, oh, 199 bottles. They'll be like, yeah. that was. Shit, now I look at what he did, and that was Damn. a seminal point in his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like Prince is old by work, but like, you know, you'd be like, you remember seeing Prince, and, and he came to sign of the times. Like, oh shit, sign yeah, of the yeah, came time. a long way from the dude with the trench coat right. with the with the the but, nut huggers but, yeah, on exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the blowout, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he got and he's four foot eleven, got and got yeah. all the got yeah. all the hoes, man. Yeah. Was, Prince was no joke. No, he was awesome. Um, I see why you like him. Yeah. Um, so um. Yo, so uh, and uh, let's talk about we haven't really talked about yeah. we talk about. So, what's your favorite wine that you've made? Um, it would have to be our Pinot Gris. You know, it changes each year. So, sure. you know, it's it's more about like what I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I read somewhere you were excited about. There was a Pinot Gris that excited you. Yeah, and actually, it wasn't mine. It was, I know, so, but it, was yeah. some, it was someone else. It was uh, Praytel. I love those wines. You know, I give shine and credit where it's due. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you know, I think what's really you know having the wine shop has really kind of given me a chance to to revisit a lot of the things that, you know, you know, I, I missed tasting wine, right? Like in that way from, um, from a buyer standpoint. Right. So it's just, it, it was just great to like see some of the new stuff. And, you know, my relationship was with reps. I cherish those things. And, you know, my thing was always like, all right, I looked at the book. I'm interested in this. Okay. Now bring me two things that you're personally excited about. Right. 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 And then bring me something, one thing that's important to the company. I.e., you get to keep your job if you sell me. Right, this, exactly. What do you got to sell 10 cases of? Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, totally. And so, yeah. you know, I feel, you know, like at least I get back in on that, and that's been great. And so to be able to taste some of the some of the, these new wines from a lot of these new producers has been been really fun for me. So Praytel was one of those ones, even though they're, I think they're like right up the road from us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Gris has is, is always been fun for me. Um you know, just just in the the fact that I, you know, growing up in San Antonio, we did a whole bunch of research and like tasting trial and error. But it was the wine Alsatian wines that went well best with uh, with Mex- Mexican food mm-hmm. and Tex Mex. And so I finally got that right. We got you know each year it gets a little bit better, but it's got that roundness, that texture. It's got the weight to it without being like overly cloying or sweet. Um, and so I'm always proud of that. You know, so I'm proud of that. But you know, it's like, you know, I don't get the you know. It's some days it's like, oh, it's the Orgonia Chardonnay where it's like. We didn't make a lot, so the only time I really get to taste it is like when somebody has it in their bag when we're on a trip, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh shit, this is smoking. This is this is good." You're like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay. it's, it's hard to find some of your higher your 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 upper level wines." So yeah, no, because we just don't make a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, we just yeah. don't make a lot, and you know, and we're growing, and we, you know, we're just trying to figure out different things. You know, I do a lot of different projects for different people. You know, I made wine for the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I, I just do. Fun, I like. I try to work on fun things and integrate, you know, those things into, um, into what I do. So from if it's working on a project with some '90s rappers or um, working on it with a sports league, you know, uh, you know that those are things that that are fun, like you know, sports and wine together. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been good. That's you know, I would have to say the Gris is what I'm most excited about right okay. now. But we have some other stuff in the works. We got some fruit from Shea this year, so oh, that's wow. going to be fun. Um, and then we got, like, you know, 
like is that going to be a single vineyard or is it going to go into a blend? Yeah, it's going to be single vineyard. I would have to say you Yeah, I it's going to go into single vineyard. It, it'll be the revamp of Orgonia. So Orgonia, we've we the last vintage we made was 15. Okay. Uh, and then we took a break. Uh, but then you know there's a whole another there'll be a whole another tier of like some really fun projects and stuff that I've been working on which you know I'd say like I get to have a little bit more creativity where I feel like you know I've been doing the same thing for a long time and you've seen a lot of the same stuff like the same cuvées the same um the same packaging that kind of stuff but you'll start to see a lot of more like fun stuff like more single vineyard Syrah from up from Washington from us and mm. just some really small things that we that we that we done packaged in a way that doesn't look like our stuff, you know, like our traditional packaging, uh, but like just all around fun. And so I'm excited about that. And, and, and to really to, you know, I had several attempts of releasing, making Saran, releasing it, and you know, never finishing it, and then actually blending it into something something else that we had, right? You know, so um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the, you know just the wine energy, the wine industry in general. Just like it'll be interesting to see what happens. Once we all get past this, what, what the world will look like that, but right. like also the the industry and what that looks like, and you know, and what does that look like for me? You know, am I still getting on a plane every single week? You know, I like traveling. Um, I want to take the same amount of trips, maybe, but for a shorter period of time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you know, I'm still you know one week uh, one week a month in Oregon. Okay. Um, obviously, harvest. Um, we haven't been in the last two summers. As a family, I would bring my family out for the summer. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. Man, um, Andre. Shit, I wish we had another bottle. Um, we ain't finished this one. We good. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> See, I, I, told you, I told you we were going to be fast friends. Um, Come on. Yeah. I, I was going to go home, but I'm like, shit, I think I'm going to go have lunch. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't pay these people <laughs> to like, why do I need to be there? They have keys. Why don't you let them in? You know? <laughs> well, so what would you say? Like, so you, you mentioned um, uh, you, you think you, you have a business book coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, like, what do you think? Like, what's the biggest lesson you've learned? Like, what are some lessons you'd share in that book? This is a black wine guy exclusive, <laughs> by the way. Um, do it. Stop talking shit. Do it. Right? Mm. You know, I had a friend who um, had, a, that he had started a cigar company with his friend. Love him to death. And I remember he would always talk to me. He's like, hey, so do you, uh, did you run all your stuff through copyright? Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do that? And I was like, no, but I got a product on a website and we're selling it. Exactly. Right? We have, I, ha I have revenue. Right. And he never, got, he never got his thing off the ground. And what I said to him is, that's your business. He's like, what are you talking about? Your business is telling other people what to do, how to, how to get their business up and running. Like, you got that to a T. You just, can, you just didn't execute it. Right. Right? So you, that's your business. Your business is how to, how to help other people get in business. Like, all those questions you're asking me, they're valid questions, but like... I'm not worried. I come from a place where shit. Hey, they gonna turn off the lights today. What you gonna do? I don't know, but I'm gonna go to work. Yeah. Right. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if they off when I get home, then I'm gonna figure it out. But yeah. like the cure has always been in the work. Right. Um. You know, I'm not gonna wait because I didn't get this or get that thing. I'm gonna go forward and then I'll fix it. Right. And you know, and some and some sometimes that's worked in my life. Other times it hasn't. Um. But my thing in the in the biggest part of the book is like, do it. We live in we live in the world now where. 
where anything is possible. Anybody can be touched. Anybody, like the fact that you could reach out. Now, I couldn't have responded. I right. probably didn't, right? right? <laughs> but, right, like, right, right. But, but like anybody is, is obtainable. You can reach anybody with your message. Right, yeah. Um, and and I mean, I just, Gary V talks about that. He's yeah. like, slide into the DM. You Quick, know? no, it is. And, I mean, the worst they can say, the answer is always no. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's already always. no until you ask. And then yeah. like, I mean, the it was... I always wanted to have you on the show. It was uh, Cattell, Cattell yeah. Plevin. She was like, she saw my post and she heard I was having a podcast. She said, oh, I, I know some some psalms who would be great for your show. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was you and a couple people. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, and, and we go back and forth. And I don't know, like, who does your social, but they finally responded. And I had, like. I do it. That's why. Okay, that's so, why, yeah. that's <laughs> why it took so long. Uh, exactly. my, my personal assistant and his assistant don't. <laughs> that's the only place I have but, privacy is but text message and DM. It, it's, so, it's so funny because. Uh, like uh, Dustin was on the show, uh, and he was like, you know, if you need any help, with anybody, he's like, you know, Andre's like, he's like, yeah, I'll see. he's like, Andre's hit or miss. He's so busy. That's what he said. He's like, he's like you know, no, I'm hit or miss. Yeah, he's no, like, no, I think yeah. I was supposed to be doing something for for something that he, they were working on together collectively, and I'm like, no, I'm sorry, but you know, I have to bow out. Like, uh, like, you know, I just like I you ju must have don't. to say no more than you say yes with all you have going on correct, in your own life. Correct, always, always. Like you, and it's not that I'm like being mean, but it's just like. You know what, dude? I can't. I really can't. And then you say, "Okay, I'm gonna try to squeeze in five minutes here." You know, the reason how I knew I was ready to have an, an assistant was when I was disrespecting other people's time. Like where it was right. like I was supposed to get back to this person. Right. I didn't get back. You know, sorry and all that stuff is not. You know, you know, it's only good enough to a certain a certain point. Um, and you know, and then I brought someone on like five years ago, and it kind of really changed my life. But like over the last ten months. We've like been in this crunch where it's like, you know how many Zoom calls things I do, like the Zoom shit. Sometimes I have to, I, like I have to hide in my car from people, like just for my employees, just like to have a minute if I need to make make a phone call. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll leave here. I'll have to do, you know, I've done. You know, I have to hop on for ten minutes on this call, five minutes on that call. We gave away a dinner at this thing, you know. So I mean, it's something that I created, mm -hmm. obviously, but like. Um, it is. It's a. It's a lot. And and uh, some days, you know, you know, people just got out the blue ashy stuff, and you're like, oh shit! Like you know, I'm really busy. Like, really. Like you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. No. And so it's. Um, so it's hard. But 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 it's good. That's funny. That doesn't say because he knows firsthand. You know, he knows firsthand. He's like he's hit or miss because it's like, like I'm all, like I'm on it. Like I'm like in it. You know, and it's like the, it's the weird shit. Is why I tell people is like. One of the greatest, like, you've done stuff in your life, and then you, it's like, it's not like fishing. Like, every day you get up and you eat something, you get some, an, an email of like the most amazing stuff. Like, mm -hmm. some of it craps and some of it never comes to fruition, but the idea that, like, it's just popping off. Right. Like, yeah. So many, so many, and this is pre, before I had the connection for the complex, you know, the what is it, co the complexion for the connection, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's before all that, right? You know? You know, but um, but the idea of like that you've built something and like, you know, it's every day is different. Like it's like, hey, so and so called from this. Hey, this guy's on the phone. You're like, who? And you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like it's just always like, and then it's like a crisis or whether where it's like, hey, you know, the pie place across the place, street is closing, and then and then it's all hands on deck because we're trying to buy it, right? Right, so right, right, right. I don't care what project we have. Everybody stop right now. We're gonna go over here. We got a four line yeah, fire. Yeah, we're, go, we're going we're over go, here. We're gonna go put it out. All right, and, you know. So it, it it that's why I say when I, when my life is about extremes, it's just it's 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 crazy. And then you know, and then what's different about this is that I I live forty five second walk. 
<laughs> away, right? Like wow. so, yeah, so it's yeah. like right around the corner, yeah. and so. But there's a, there's a lot of that. But in the business book, I was just like, I just think that like, you get to a point where you you have to act on it, and with the tools that you have now, I feel like you can create a big part of it right right away. The presence, the branding, right. the website, yep. like that. I mean. That's like an international business card, right? Like having yep. a website is the first yep. thing everybody goes. And the idea, I always think about, you know, learning my timetables. My dad used to wake, have me wake up early on Sunday morning. And I had to like do the multiplication table up to 12. I had to know it, memorize from all the way up to 12. Like most, like you generally stop at 10, 11 right. was easy. Right. You didn't really mess with 12, right? <laughs> and, um, and I remember like talking to the teacher and saying, so she said, well, you know, you know, this is really important. You need to learn this. She goes, what are you going to do? Walk around with a, with a calculator in your pocket? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like well, yeah. the world's <clears throat> it's a super computer in your pocket. <sighs> Commodore 64 was a Dude, fucking was home there. computer. Yeah, I was there, bro. Now you can have <laughs> it and you have 64K yeah. in the palm of your okay. hand. You can have 128K in your hand, mm-hmm. right? And so it's... So funny, you walk around, <laughs> but it's always impressive. You, yeah. you worked in finance when you can do the math, and you had people yeah. like, "Damn!" I'm just like, yeah. hey, six thousand cases." Yeah. You're not gonna yeah. Probably, yeah, they love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, they do. But like, but now I'm kind of like, I just talk to my phone. Like, so someone says, "My kids are like trying to work out the math over there." When they say, "I'm sad to my phone," I'm like, you know, like, but like, and that you, you know, we had like a this crazy. We have an ongoing discussion about. So, what do you teach your children now? Right, because you know, and everybody's like, "Well, we don't want them to be dependent on this." But like, okay, but like, it, to be competitive in the in, in the world that they're going to grow up, what what's important, right? Exactly. It's like tense, like how to spot. Like my kids are taking a class, online class about like fake news yeah. and like finding out like the sources if if they're credible or not, right? Um, and then present tense, you know, the tense of words, right? Because at some point they're just going to morph your. You are and you are together. They're just going right. to do you are and then you figure it out, right? <laughs> right? You know, but it's, 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 it's just dawned on me. It's this thing. It's like, so what do you put in their brain? Obviously, morals, emotional intelligence, right? Those things. But like, is it important for you to know the capital of Zambia? Yeah. I mean, and, no, and I mean, that, no disrespect to Zambia, no, but like, but just, know, just it's like, not, to, especially because like, it's in the palm of your hand. Right. So now what do you put in there? That, and, and a sign of intelligence was, it was, you really measured based on retention. Well, some of it, right? Yeah. Right? And so you were smart because you could do the math in your head or right. you could recite these things. And no, you know. can't do it in your head because yeah. I could do math in my head. I could never show the fucking work. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. They, right. hate, they would hate it. I'm like, okay, I figured out right, there's an equation. Okay, there's the answer. <laughs> well, where's your work? I, it's yeah. in here. Yeah. And, and I couldn't get it out. So yeah. that's that's the whole, that's a whole other thing when you talk about education. Like, yeah. what do you, what, what is, what, what's intelligent? Like, is it, isn't it intelligent to know how to use the tools that are in front of you? Mm-hmm. You know. And that's and that's my thing is this is the tool. So right. how do you, how do you go about that? And but also I say to people, this is the most powerful thing, and, you, and everybody has one. Yep. Even the people who can't afford one. Well, listen, has one. everybody. Listen, right. I'm, I'm, people who live on assistance have better cable than I do because yeah. I ain't paying for it all. No, no, right. <laughs> but they got the full cable yeah. and the sixty-five inch TV. <laughs> so you're right. But everybody has a phone. It's so it's so accessible. And mm-hmm. it's 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 a modern tool. So and 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 that's it. And, you know, it's like I tell my you know number two, right? Oh my, I, I don't even say their names anymore. I call them all Junior, <laughs> so they all come to attention. I'm so Junior. They're like, you talking to me, Pop? No, the other one, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Love so it. it's, it's like they, they get their attention. But like you know, number two, he's, you know, I tell him it's like, okay, 
it, it's for consumption too, right? So I, I get it. You want to play games and all that other stuff, but also it's a tool. So yeah. what are you going to do with it? What are you going to make Produce with it? Produce more than you can Correct. consume. Correct. That's and the, that's, that's the model. it. And you know, and, and but it's for everybody. It's like, look. So what are you? So what are you going to do? You're going to pay your phone bill. You're going to pay your cable bill so you can watch someone else fulfill the dreams. Right. Right. Or are you going to put it down for a second and do it? I understand the importance of TV. You know, like you know, me and my wife go round and round. But I was like, I wouldn't be here without TV. Right. Like, TV gave me. It was know, a, a right portal to into dream. another world, Correct. man. Yeah, you got to dream. It let me dream right. about all the places I could be or go or right. what was out in the world because right. I'm just seeing, you know, croc vials and, you know, tennis balls and, and needles in the playground, mm-hmm. right? And so you say, okay, but what do you think the phone – I mean, the phone is like you could be anywhere. Right. Like the idea of have, be having a pen pal. So I just say that you have you, – you already have the some of the most powerful tools already so at your assistance. get your to ass to build. in gear. Yeah, to build. Like anything that you – like – I used to read every single self help book. I'd be I'd be that guy in Barnes and Noble reading all the treating it like it was a library. Yeah. And you realize that like they all said the same thing. Yep. They all said the same thing. And then you also realize the only reason that they are probably have more wealth than you is because I bought this book, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, let me tell you something. I, I used to be heavily in that world. Uh-huh. I've worked with a lot of big names. Uh-huh. And the reality is most of them they've made their money. Mm-hmm. They didn't actually have a business. They mm-hmm. they made their money correct writing a self help book correct based on other self help books correct. That's what they do, and it's no. butts and seats business. No, and I totally I, I get it, and I, and as I and I get it to too. It, but but you're right. Like as I read it, as I start to read them all, you realize, oh no, this is all the same. Like it's the it, they teach some of the right principles, but like it, there's no secret, right? You just you, like they all say the exact same thing. And you real and I realized it's like, oh, you're just selling me that because you know what? Because if I was Jimmy Woo and I had a real estate secret, I ain't telling nobody. That's what I'm saying. I'm not telling exactly. anybody. If if you could buy houses all day with no money, yeah, yeah. you'd own every house in the world. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't yeah. have a fucking course about it, man. Yeah, for thirty nine, thirty nine ninety five. Yeah, you know. So I I I so I, I when I started to realize that that I realized that it, there had to be. Like there has to be real <clears throat> business sense books out there, right? right? And right. I feel like you start at the smallest level, and, and 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 the idea of like like going like going viral, like all that is like so funny. Like it, like it's like yeah, it's like you know, someone gives you like you just need to go viral, and it's I like know. well, it just it just oh doesn't happen God. like that. It doesn't work that way, and son. You have, and you have <laughs> to and you have to be able to build. And you know, everybody's just caught up in the wrong shit. Yep. Right. Worry about cash and real checks than a fucking blue check. Right. Right. That's what I tell people. It's like, oh, you verified? No, but my bank account is. Right. right? I cash real checks. Exactly. You can have the you can exactly. have the blue verified check. I exactly. don't care about that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. The most important notification on my phone is sales notifications, exactly. not like. Right. Right. You know. So right. I just right. like my thing is right. that I, I don't fall too much. You can't fall too much. It's a tool. Build something with it. It's going to help you build something. But we all have it. Having the idea and and it's always room for two. Right. Like polo. Tommy Hilfiger. There was there's always there's always room for two. Star Trek, Star Wars, yeah, right? It's yeah, always yeah. the same thing. They always Nike come up with Adidas. You have to, you have to you have to have That's it. True. And the fact that someone does it's not always important to be the first. It's it's No, cuz the first person often gets killed. Correct. So <laughs> You have to. You have to. First person for the door gets punched in the face. Yeah, and that's how that works. And you have to. You have to be willing, like, to say, okay, someone else did it, but like, I can be better. Like, how about it, making it better? Right. Right. There's so many models out there that can be approved. Approved. Steve upon. Jobs did not invent the cell phone. Correct. Right. He just improved it. 
Correct. And that and that's where you, that's where I tell everybody it's there. It's all there. Everything you need. It's just how bad do you want it? Yeah. And it's everything in life. Yeah. Right. Now I'm sounding like a self help person, but no, it's true. No, but it's, it's, it's from experience. It? I mean, I think you uh, like whatever you do, you've you've transcended being a psalm. You know, transcend. You like you ha- you're building a, a business empire based on your pa- one of your your passions. And everybody should. You have like you you can do it. It's always funny, right? Like so, I like I'll talk to someone. Like we're trying to buy some property from somebody and I'm talking to them and I'm so hyped and inspired. They're like, you know, then they also, they try to renege like, well, maybe I shouldn't be selling it. Right. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> right? Like all of a sudden I'm excited about, they're like, well, wait a minute. Or, or the, or the idea of being excited about entrepreneurship that somehow like now my employees, they don't like when I take, when I say shit to them, they're like, Oh, he's really talking about me, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, we all have to like work for other people. But the other point is, you know, my assistant, my thing is like, I'm big on entrepreneurship. You know what? Use my, use my attorneys, use my, my resources, start your own company, right? Start your own company, call it whatever you want. I'll write you a check, right? Now you get to manage all your finance, all your other stuff. But like now you're in business. Right. You've been a business owner for five years now. Right now, figure out now. Now you now you, your views have changed now a little bit, right? <laughs> right? Like the morals and the things that you built that you say this now. All of a sudden, you're like, well, I'm a business person, and so what tax ho- loopholes should I be looking at? Right, right, right. Because you know the other side's a jack move. Right, right. They didn't took the taxes. Now you got to fight to get them back. Oh, so the, the other side is. It's still a fight, but like you, that you know, the the deck is stacked in your hand because you have the money. You exactly. got to pay them, right? Exactly. Right? Instead of like you know, right. you fighting for it back, but like, you know, so it's all those things. And, and they tell you what they're giving. And you, they're telling you this is what you get back. Yeah. Versus like you know, I know dudes like <laughs> yeah. they're like audit me. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I'm still gonna pay less in taxes even if I have to get an attorney. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and it's true. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that is very, I know some dudes like that too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a bunch of dudes like that, <laughs> but you know, but that, but that's it. Like I'm in it for that, for that way of like you know, un, and, and being an, and being an entrepreneur is not like this. It's not like this, you know, this glamorous thing. No, right? it's, you know, you it's try, work, to, you man. try, you all of it is work. It's and, work. And I do. I never ask my employees to do shit that they've never seen me not do. Right. 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 It's like no, no, no. We're gonna do this together. Let's knock this out. You know. And I think my neighbors would think like, so you're the only waiter in here. I said, well, it's COVID. Like, yeah. Like, what am I? Like, I was just like hanging out somewhere. Like, you know, no, I'm here. Right? You know what I mean? Like, right. like I'm like hands on. And, and I think that's why I'm busy. I think like a lot of my friends are like, so you, how come you just don't hire someone? I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to learn the business too. Right. Right? Just because it's like it's here. Like, I want to understand everything. And then, then I won't be here. Right? 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 You know, as much. Right. But I, I, I think like grassroots pull up the boots, do all the, do the stuff that you can do and then learn it. Like that's really, I think for me is that I spent the, you know, my golden hours are like 10 PM to 4 AM. And, you know, in during that time over, you know, decades of my life, I've taught myself new skills that I've been able to use that. So I didn't have to wait on anybody else being a gra- like graphics. That thing has like really kind of changed my life in that sense that like, you know, it, especially in an artist, like, I created something, and now you continue to get paid for it for it forever. You yeah, know, yeah. I did Barolo King what thirteen years ago, right? You know what I mean? Those things you still get paid for, like, but even like you know, just art, but like even like on the social media channels, like all of those things, it it, it helps. And that's so why I tell people: try to learn a skill, or do it yourself, or do something that keeps your interest. Like I shoot a thank you video for 
almost everybody who's ever bought anything from us. Nice. Like personal. Nice. Like, yo, MJ, what's up, man? Thanks so much for grabbing those bottles of Love Drunk. Let me know if you need anything. Blah, 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 blah. Cut. Yeah. That's what's right. up. Right. <laughs> you know? That's um, what's up. You know, and think about that. Like, we buy things from people all the time. Steve Jobs never sent me a thank you email. Exactly. Or no, Justin yeah. Bieber, all yeah. of them. Yep. All of them. T-Pain, Lil Wayne. They never sent me anything. And like, but we're, that's where we're headed. Like right. it's, you know, there's a sea, there's a sea of, of wines out there. There's, you know, competitions everywhere. Yep. What, what sets, what makes it different? Right. 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 You know, I should be thankful. These are the people, what was the 80, 20? These are the people who actually bought something for me. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Well, guys, there you have, it. <laughs> you have had, we talked about the show being about the Mavericks, the philosophers and the deep thinkers. And uh, I think we've over delivered today. So many lessons, not only on wine, but on life and business and philosophy. I want to thank you so much. Thank you. Dre, for coming in. Tell everybody where they can find you. I'm everywhere. <laughs> in your sleep, in your thoughts. <laughs> I'm everywhere. I like this, man. I might have to give me a podcast. I like this. Anyways, uh, I'm Andre H. Mack on um, all the platforms. That's it. Just keep being you. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, my brother. Um, shit. We're going to do this again a couple episodes later for sure. All right. I'm into it. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right, y'all. This is MJ. Till next time, here's to the philosophers, the mavericks, the deep thinkers, and of course, all you wine drinkers, black wine guy. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. We want to thank our supporter, the Conway Fund, a component of the Prosperity Foundation, which supports cultural and heritage events, scholarships, mentoring programs, and more. Go to theconwayfund.org and see how you can donate and make a difference in underserved communities.